Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all the meetings, camera on, while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues to teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups. Delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One benefit of VIP membership is access to our back issue library. Contemporaneous, in-depth, insider reporting on pro wrestling in real time over the past 30 plus years. And throughout the year 2022, we're going to begin our march through the year 2002 with back issues posted each week in PDF and all text formats. You can read it in a PDF format with our original magazine slash newsletter style layout on your screen and flip through the pages, or you can read a straightforward all text format on your phone or tablet or laptop. The back issues early in 2002 covered the arrival of Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan to WWE and all the controversy that came with them. Plus my cover story that broke the news on the planned launch by Jerry and Jeff Jarrett of a promotion called TNA. Also, the early 2002 features are 2001 year in review features, including ranking pro wrestling's most influential power brokers and our Torch year end awards, the year in quotes, and the top 50 stories ranked in order from the year 2001. So go VIP and dive into our back issues. We have most of our back issues available as soon as you sign up with new back issues week by week from the year 2002 one at a time throughout the year 2022. pwtorch.com slash govip pwtorch.com slash govip that's pwtorch.com slash govip for full information and our sign-up form it's more than podcasts it's an unmatched library of wrestling history spanning more than three decades as soon as you sign up with more issues added throughout the year it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. Day to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. 
Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, PW Torch and Spreaker bring you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's time for the weekly flagship, talking current events in pro wrestling. Five years ago this week, Pro Wrestling Torch columnist Bruce Mitchell joined me on the flagship to talk about SummerSlam hype and a big NXT takeover coming up. We got pretty passionate in talking about some infuriating shortcomings in the way WWE was framing wrestlers in, in kind of in two distinct ways, one of which was making the brand bigger than the wrestlers, and the other was not portraying the wrestlers consistently, especially via the announcing. And so we get into that and just talk about how there's like generations of people who haven't who have been so immersed in watching the way Vince McMahon was promoting at that time uh, and during his run that they didn't really even have a foundation of knowledge about how there was another way to do it that actually would be more immersively enjoyable. So uh, Bruce and I were of, of like minds and uh, got in-depth into that. We talked about the John Cena promo responding to losing to Shinsuke Nakamura and tearing down Baron Corbin. Also the magic of the Fatal 4-Way SummerSlam. NXT TakeOver Talk, as I mentioned, plus some new NXT arrivals. The finish of the Roman reigns Braun Strowman match and what WWE got wrong with the Samoa Joe interference. Plus mailbag topics from listeners, including WWE announcing, Joy Ryan and Mick Foley doing comedy in Dublin, Renee Young being on both Raw and SmackDown, and more. This episode dropped originally on August 10th, 2017, five years ago this week, and it is today's Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, five years ago flagship flashback, for Thursday, August 11th, 2022. If you're looking for the current flagship, we drop that on Tuesday. Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net joined me for over an hour and a half to talk current events in pro wrestling with a focus on evaluating Paul Levesque so far and what we think he's revealing about how he's going to change WWE and also some uh, AEW conversation, including have they really created new stars, enough new stars or any new stars at a top level, who were not top level when they signed them in the last three years. Is, is that a growing issue of concern, among other AEW topics? So check that out if you haven't yet. But first things first, here's the Flashback Show. Now, Podcast One brings you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's time for the weekly flagship talking current events in pro wrestling. Bruce, SummerSlam weekend has become so much bigger now than it was just a handful of years ago. We're going to talk a lot about that on today's flagship edition here of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. Not only do we have a big SummerSlam card with what I think is one of the biggest SummerSlam main events ever, but also an NXT TakeOver special with a reunion, uh, a class reunion of sorts of NXT alum. I think this is going to be a really cool weekend, a week from, uh, well, a week from this weekend coming up. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you, and I think um, the ratings upticks we're seeing, particularly for Raw, show show that that main event is um, that four way main event is really ca- catching some traction. I, I I definitely agree with you about that. And then um, and then while NXT, I mean, I think NXT having this reunion of sorts adds a little something to 
um, what I thought was going to be a show that would get over and would be a, a really good show because of the, of, of the Brooklyn SummerSlam crowd from all over the world. But I, I also kind of watching thinking it didn't have quite the umph uh, of, of the other NXT TakeOver shows. And th- I think that will help, particularly if they have a little bit of mystery of maybe somebody in this reunion participates. And that could be, uh, you, know, that you know, that could be fun. I mean, that's, um, but I, I think that the big four, um, for lack of a better term, of these WWE Sunday night shows, having this Saturday night NXT TakeOver show, and keeping it to two hours plus, yeah, two twenty ish, two thirty ish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that um, I think that they're really building something for that ardent fan base. I think that's really good. The only thing I didn't like was I didn't think anybody was going to take my suggestions from what I wrote about last week about ways that WWE could improve their product by making cuts the, <laughs> because they're in a cutting mode because they don't feel like they're going to make they're going to um, pay their dividends at the end of the year. Um, that they want to make more pro- they want to make more revenue, not more revenue, but they want to make yeah more revenue. They want to make they um, want more money left over after more money left over yeah after expenses yeah profit. They want yeah. more profit, and yeah. so um, I tried to look at okay, what could they do to improve like taking away um, like like taking away the fireworks, like taking away the pyro. Yeah, um, that improves the show, and it cuts costs too. So I think that's um, in, in my opinion. So I think that's a <laughs> pretty cool thing to do one of the things i just thought was get rid of that god-awful um pre-game show yeah the two-hour pre-game show is um just a except for the 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 opening match or two is just a complete waste and the opening match or two really isn't that valuable either they're not allowed to say anything that's provocative or anything you know i know i know they must think well the nfl makes a lot of money off those pre-game shows but those pre-game shows you know fox pregame have you know have characters they have they actually talk about something and and argue back and forth about something real in in the sense of whatever issues are going on in football they make real predictions and they're not well, just scared to talk and it's just like yeah and, i mean I, let I, me, I can't imagine anybody sits down and watches that two-hour show let, let me interject too because this isn't yes. the bruce mitchell audio show so i want to oh. be part of this too bruce um if people want to hear bruce go on and on and on they can go vip uh um, <laughs> What? Best ad ever, by the way. Yes. <laughs> that is, yes. Um, it's just on, on weekends, you know, when we do the Bruce Mitchell Audio Show, if, if I, like, you know, interrupt or cut you off or talk too much, then, you know, we'll get complaints. It's the Bruce Mitchell Audio Show. You're just the host. But um, this is the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, Bruce, and you are a co-host. So we, we need to be a yeah. little bit more equal. And you know what? You've got a great point because there's not much chance – to listen to your views <laughs> on podcast one during the week. So we need to like make as much of this time for you as we can. All right. Um, so what was I going to say now? What if, uh, Oh, about the pregame show. The, 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 the best reason to watch the, the kickoff shows for WWE is Sam Roberts, because Sam does what you're talking about that they do on the NFL pregame shows as best you can do in pro wrestling. He talks successfully to multiple types of fans. And he does so with finesse. He'll 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 talk about the pros and cons of Jinder Mahal. Like you know, I'm assuming I don't know if he's going to be there on Sunday, but if he is, he'll talk about the he'll talk about the pros and cons of Jinder Mahal retaining the title, or what would it do to the perception of Shinsuke Nakamura? Um, would it seem to define him down if he doesn't win clean, considering that Randy Orton beat Shinsuke clean on Tuesday, or are we just going to see the, Mah- the the Singh brothers interfere? 
And how will fans, if that's the finish, will they be satisfied with that? And you'll say, well, maybe they won't mind because there's another match coming up with a Fatal 4-Way, and that's why people are really tuning in. Like, he can find a way to walk that line. Booker T doesn't. Lita and Jerry Lawler sometimes are okay with it. But there is a way to do that successfully. I don't think you have to necessarily get rid of the pre-show. I just think they need to have a more defined structure and a rules of engagement to the conversation that everybody's on board with. And then you have to have people who are engaged in the product and can speak extemporaneously in an interesting way for all types of fans. And I think Sam Roberts is a template for that. Yeah, I, I, there is a way. You have to serve both masters, and you have to serve the storyline first. And the thing that kind of gets me when I'm barely watching it – I guess you're watching more carefully than I am – but I'm, when I'm barely watching it um, because it's just – a lot of generalities to me is they is the wrestlers, the Jerry Lawlers and the Lita's and the Booker T's don't put the heat where if this if the storyline was real, you would be mad at Jinder Mahal for running in his buddies to 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 interfere for him so he can retain the title. And they don't put that heat there. They don't they don't take it like let's criticize this character for things this character's doing and instead they don't criticize anybody. And that's what they kind of need to do is like they or they don't they don't say I really like how Randy Orton is taking the bull by the horns and um you know and and becoming even more surprising with his RKO and and, and um and is going to win, you know, has beaten and made a point with Jinder Mahal and now is, um, you know, really strong going in against Rusev. And Rusev hasn't been challenged except for John Cena. And what's going to happen there? Like, you could do, you could definitely do it that way, but they don't seem to want to. And part of it is just the, um, the trope of anytime somebody cheats and jumps somebody from behind, they're creating opportunity for themselves. And, and, and they, say they, that, they and really hit all that. Now you can subscribe to our VIP podcast lineup within the Apple Podcast app using your Apple account. That's new as of March 2022. Just search PW Torch in your Apple Podcast app and you'll see the PW Torch Daily Cast logo show up. That's our free show that's been around forever. And also the PW Torch VIP Podcast logo. There is a free show every week. So subscribe even if you don't plan to go VIP and get a sample of our VIP tier programming. But if you click subscribe, then you'll become a VIP member instantly with a three-day free trial, after which your Apple account will be charged. So you don't need to take out your credit card, debit card, or go anywhere else. If you listen to our free shows on Apple Podcasts, you are five seconds away from being a VIP member with a three-day free trial. So we invite you to check it out. That includes dozens of VIP shows throughout the week, including VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post shows and podcasts and daily casts. All those episodes are presented to VIP members with ads and plugs removed, along with VIP exclusives like our post-pay-per-view roundtables, the Wade Keller Hotline, The Fix with Todd and Wade, everything with Rich and Wade, and many other VIP exclusive shows. Just search PW Torch within the Apple Podcasts app. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. One way that you can help us sustain our schedule of putting out podcasts throughout the week is by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Just go to Apple Podcasts and look for our Wade Keller Processing Podcast and Wade Keller Processing Post Show and give us a five-star rating. We hope you think we've earned that score with our fast turnaround times and our quantity and quality of wrestling analysis throughout the week. So take a moment out for us and do us a favor and give us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. That helps us on search returns and helps us grow. And if you want, you can add a few comments about what you like about the programs in the comments section. Thank you so much. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's exactly right. They need the producer of that show to figure out who's going to be an advocate for the heels consistently. This idea that Vince McMahon and his people have that, well, we have to be unpredictable. You know, sometimes JBL is going to be pro-WWE and John Cena's the greatest ever. And then other times he's going to be rationalizing cheating and, and defending heels, doing what it takes to win. You don't want unpredictability. You want each person to have a constitution that guides their commentary. And they need to have somebody who's provocative and doesn't have particularly high morals when it comes to do what you got to do to win. But then they need to have a strong pushback by one or two other people on the panel who are standing up for themselves in a way that doesn't seem mishmash or, or timid or apologetic. They need to have somebody who says, no, we're all here to find out who the best pro wrestler is. And if there's cheating going on, we don't find out who the better man is. If Samoa Joe puts Roman Reigns in a sleeper and knocks him out in the middle of a classic brawl with Braun Strowman that everybody was into, that's not good. That's bad because now what was all well, I didn't 
Yeah, why didn't he just go in the ring and say, I want to fight you right now and look him eye to eye? There you go. No, he waited. He he waited in a cowardly way until – I mean, this is one thing I want to see happen on Raw. I, I'm fine with that match, and I'm, I thought the Joe thing was really well done. If Roman Reigns goes, I'm sick of this. Yeah. Like, I'm furious. Get out here right now. Um, you don't have the guts to face me face to face for all your big talk. I just, you know, the, I, you know, we, you know, at least Braun Strowman and I were fighting, you know, this epic battle, and you had to wait till I was like burned out and tired, and you had to sneak up behind me because you know if you look at me face to face, I'll kick your ass. I mean, like that, yeah. that kind, that kind, of, and like be furious because if that ha- and tap into, I'm not talking about wrestling is real or this is real or anything, but tap into. If a similar situation like that happened in real life, um, that you know that your buddy was in a bar fight and the two and your buddy and the guy are fighting face to face and they're fighting all over the place, and then the buddy's friend snuck up behind him and choked him out, you'd be furious, and so would your friend. So tap into that emotion. That's why they did that is to tap into that and not just not just Samoa Joe is really smart. Samoa Joe is smart because he's afraid, you know, at the end of the day, that character is afraid of facing Roman Reigns face-to-face or, fa- or even Strowman face-to-face. And, um, and, and you can also talk about we were about to finally find out who the better man, who the last man standing was, and it might have been Roman Reigns, and now, and now we'll never know because exactly. of Exactly. But that's, yeah. and that's, and that's the thing. The announcing doesn't set up the framework right. And then what you end up with is WWE lamenting bizarro world crowds, which are not just in Canada, where fans are saying, thank you, Joe. This is a product of years and years and years of not, there's, there's people listening to us right now who have never thought of what you just said because they've been immersed in the WWE narrative universe and WWE's never explained that it's not about a this is awesome spot. It's not about, oh, cool, Joe just knocked out Reigns. You should be invested in the story that's being told, just like people are on Game of Thrones when the dragon shows up. They should be invested in the outcome. And when there's something outside the bounds of finding out who the better man is in a last man standing brawl, fans should be disappointed in that. They should be. If every if all if everybody's cast correctly, and we can argue about whether Joe should be a face and Rain should be a heel or whatever, that you know, people would argue that. But if you have everything lined up, the best pro wrestling story is one where fans are invested in an outcome of a match. They just just like in Game of Thrones, you want to see who wins and who loses, who dies, who lives, so to speak. And Samoa Joe wrecked that. And there was, I bet there was a tiny minority of people who thought, oh, I got screwed out of finding out who the better man was between Reigns and Strowman because WWE is scared for for some reason, hesitant. Uh, they're repelled by the notion of within the programming. Acting like finding out who the winner is is the most important thing that can possibly happen. Not a big spot, not an, oh my god, I can't believe the ring just collapsed, or where did Joe come from, or where did Enzo come from, I'm sorry, where did uh, James Ellsworth come from. It should be, I want to see who the better man is, because that that's why we're all here. And, and, and they Yeah, I was thinking that. about that when you were talking about what Sam Roberts does, in that... Um, uh, you know, I, I, not even asking fans or asking wrestlers, you know, Hall of Fame wrestlers, who do you think is going to win, but who should win and why? Yes. Like, I want that, you know, I want him to get a fair chance. I want her to get a fair chance and give the other one what they deserve, that that feeling. And um, I, I think during this hour, there was one thing when I was watching um, NXT 
getting ready for the show that I saw that I, I was just blew me away in a bad way. But the other thing, I want to flip this for you away just a little bit, which is I thought last night John Cena gave one of the best pure baby face, not corny, not a sap um, promos I have seen in years where I liked him a lot. I respected him for who he is, this big legend, and as a viewer, and he got over um, Shinsuke Nakamura, and then he got over an issue with Baron Corbin, who I didn't think was anywhere near as good, but on the other hand, I thought it was, like I said, babyface promos are so rare now, but that was pure. That was, I gave it my all. Um, I've won a lot, and um, but now I, you know, this, I respect what he did. He hits hard. He put him over, and um, and then he made it clear that he's still in the hunt and he's still great. And I just thought, you know, it, it wasn't that there was a new great catchphrase, and it wasn't that it was, um, you know, that um, there was a great uh, ref. There might have been, but there was a great current reference, you know, or pop culture reference that like Game of Thrones that he made. I mean, it was like he, um, you know, he was just really admirable in a way that he wasn't going to get booed and they didn't boo him. And um, you thought Nakamura, man, Nakamura is the real deal. He beat him and he acted like he beat him and he gave him credit for beating him. But like, uh, like a guy who's a real fighter and confident in himself would do. Wrestling fans, are you that person that works in a pro wrestling reference to every aspect of your life? Well, we're those kind of people too, but we do so with mixed martial arts. I'm Robert Vallejos, host of MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, every Monday on PW Torch's Daily Cast lineup. Not only do we cover every UFC and Bellator event, we provide context that only a wrestling fan would really understand. I mean, we're the type of people that if you ask us about how much of a mess the middleweight title situation is, we're likely to reference WCW in the early 90s. Think of us as a podcast for casual MMA fans done by hardcore wrestling nerds. And you can find us by searching PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or any popular podcast app. And we're always available on demand at PWTorchDailyCast.com where you can check out the entire lineup of the PW Torch Daily Casts. I'm very late setting the show up. Usually we do it after two minutes. <laughs> let me uh, let me just establish who you are and what we are. This is the Wade Keller Processing Podcast. It's the Thursday flagship for I'm August. I'm the guy who goes on and on and on and on and interrupts Wade. Well, I just don't want to stop I, I, once we get rolling. Um, yeah. The uh, This is the uh, flagship show for Thursday, August 10th, 2017 here at Podcast One. You can subscribe on iTunes or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And just do a search for Wade Keller and subscribe. If you have a few seconds and you have access to iTunes, give us a five-star rating and leave some comments about what it is that you like about the show. That moves it to the top of your podcast listening list. And if you don't think we're worth five stars, drop me an email at wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com and let me know how you think we can uh, tweak or improve or completely overhaul the show uh, to make it worth five stars for you. Uh, my guest co-host on today's program is pro wrestling torch, senior columnist, 
Bruce Mitchell. He's been writing columns for the Processing Torch newsletter and PWTorch.com and the PWTorch VIP website since 1990. And he also hosts the second longest running weekly podcast on any subject anywhere as far as we've been able to ascertain. And that is the Bruce Mitchell Audio Show. I host that with him 90% of the time. Every once in a while, he has a guest co-host like Johnny Fairplay, a couple, uh, or a guest host, I guess, a couple weekends ago. And uh, that is available to VIP members. It usually goes up on Saturday or Sunday, although there's some variations depending on our schedules, where we'll do a little bit earlier sometimes. Uh, Bruce, as far as your comment on John Cena goes, I have one issue with it that I expressed yesterday that I want to get your feedback on. I, I agree there was a lot to like about that John Cena promo. What I didn't like is how nonchalant he was about losing out on his chance to get his hands on Jinder Mahal and win the championship. I thought that he was too much in the mode of, I'm John Cena, I'm here to put over how good Shinsuke Nakamura was, I'm proud of this guy, and hey fans, it's not that often that I do clean jobs, but I did one for this guy, that should tell you something, we're committed to him, and I I, I wanted John Cena to be more disappointed that he lost the championship only means as much as the guy who lost out on the chance to get it. And I thought John Cena, which has happened a lot over the years, Bruce, was too nonchalant in losing because he wants to be Mr. Positive for the kids, Mr. I'm, I'm never down about things. But really, just one or two or three sentences talking about how much he wanted to main event against SummerSlam. He wanted to take down Jinder Mahal after all the things he's been saying. But now it's Shinsuke Nakamura's turn. I wish he talked about his disappointment before transitioning to endorsing Shinsuke as a worthy opponent for gender. There was one moment in the pro in the promo where he basically just about said, you know, I don't do jobs very often for people. He did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like, I was kind of like, he, he, he said no shenanigans, no blind referee. Um, and you know, this doesn't happen very often. I lost clean. Yeah. And you know what? I was okay with that in the sense of I thought he stood on the cliff and looked over into the abyss, but he didn't fall into it. And, um, in the, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, nobody beats me very often clean. I mean, that was that was fine. Um, and, and it was fine. It was just it was one of those moments, I think, that served both masters. And, the, yep. and, and those moments are the best moments most of the time or the. Or, or they can be that if you serve the storyline master really well, that's that's a great moment too. But um, they, I, I thought he covered that. I mean, he could have done a little more, and it might have been better. But I thought he really did cover that with, you know, he earned it, he got it, he but got he was, it. Um, he I was, you know, I was, I was looking, I was looking to go to seventeen. Um, no, I thought he was a good sport. I mean, I thought well, that was, was the thing, and, and you got the idea that he's not finished. That he's not, um, you know, that he didn't, that, you know, that he wanted to find out who the better man was. On that day, it was Nakamura. Nakamura earned that really important SummerSlam um, title challenge. And, and he, you know, he's kind of, and I was thinking, like, I wonder what he's, I wonder what he's thinking about as far as a match. And Baron Corbin kind of just getting a match that way, I didn't think was quite as impactful but the way he did with just going out there and being a jerk and 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 that was quite as impactful but no i i i was okay with that i really what but i will say this it would have been a little better if he'd had a line or two more but i didn't want him mad i didn't want him um too disappointed and all that i I wanted to be what he was which was you know this this went the way it should have we found out what we needed and i'm not finished and i'll be back and and i'm coming so um what you think of what you think of the sit down interview with Shinsuke? Um, I like that. 
I was okay with that, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was the best thing he's done. But let, let me frame my question this way a little more specific. I, I, I think WWE is in is, – is, will not – and there's been a history of this. You know, when they acquired Harley Race, I mean, they didn't talk about his rich history. They're, they don't tell that the, a big part of their fan base that Shinsuke is a big deal. And that this is that they talk about it being a dream match, but they're paying lip service to it. But there's a big part of the audience that I think needs to be told why is Shinsuke a big deal? And in the Renee Young setting, Renee Young, you know, Shinsuke talked about how he always wanted to test himself against the best, but you don't get the side of the narrative, which is WWE worked hard to get Shinsuke. It took a long time, they got him now. He's a big deal. And WWE's excited to have Shinsuke. It's all about the brand and less about the wrestlers being the big deal. And I, I wanted I want there to be some sense that WWE is a little in awe of Shinsuke and I thought I got a little bit too much of Shinsuke's being in awe of being in WWE, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And um, I wish that WWE looked at it like we own 90% of the marketplace, 93% of the marketplace, whatever it is, and we can be confident and we can use somebody's history. I mean, you know, there's talk of an NXT of a Ring of Honor type faction in NXT, um, but but we can actually say Shinsuke Nakamura was a great star in New Japan Pro Wrestling in Japan, and he won against all the great wrestlers there. And he there, made so much money. And he made so much money. And there was one world to conquer, and he came here and just go ahead and, and build him up. But you, but it's just so not ingrained in them. No. In, in fact, they're doing more than you would, more than say they did with Harley Race and Jack Briscoe and all that. You know, thirty years ago, back when they didn't, they didn't Very much fun. talk about any, any kind of history. Yeah. You know, and and uh, anybody's history. And, and and these were acts that had. Enormous history for the wrestling fans of the day. And there and, was a big backlash when Harley Race showed up, and they just pretended. I mean, they didn't talk about who he was and what he meant to the pro wrestling industry leading up to his being hired. I mean, people were really upset with that. Well, they should have been, and they put yeah. him in a clown suit, and they yeah. were they were making fun of him for taking himself so seriously all those years. When taking himself so seriously all, all these years is part of what made him such an entertaining champion, yeah. uh, money drawn champion. But um, he. But here, but they do more. Even in the, you know, in that interview with Nakamura, yeah, they you know they do a lot more than they did back then. But they don't do anywhere enough. And there's they've got that insecurity of of this guy needs to talk about how great we are. You know, it, yep. it goes to it goes to the thread of you know they never quite you never quite get the invasion where they where the, where um the 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 other company comes in the WCW or the ECW and really rocks WD back on their heels they tell they use it instead of like to max instead of to maximize the money at the time they try to maximize the money somewhat but they want to tell this story all the time about um how they were always sports entertainment everybody else was pro wrestling or they were always the major league and everybody else no matter what you hear and that does take something away from an act like Shinsei Nakamura, which they're paying premium, you know, they're paying a premium price for to do. But um, I did, as as far as like him not seeming awkward, or um, and you got a sense of I'm a great wrestler and this is what I wanted to, do, you know, and I wanted to come here and it was a big thing to wrestle John Cena. But also, what I liked was 
he 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 was humble, but he wasn't that humble. So like that's you know yep. that's where he thought he belonged too. I, I want I like that part. I but want, I'd like I'd like what you are asking for, yeah. but we ain't never going to get it. Thank you for subscribing to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Don't forget, we got a whole lineup of other shows called the PW Torch Daily Casts. It's free. Just search PW Torch in your podcast app. A different show on a different topic throughout the week, including shows dedicated to AEW, NXT, MMA, Ring of Honor, and more. Just search PW Torch in your podcast app or check out links to the latest shows at our main website, pwtorch.com. Well, I don't believe that we're never going to get it. I think that I'm not putting my money on it, but I don't want to have a fatalistic attitude about WWE finally realizing, like you said, the market share that they have. And the this is the thing. You go back to the profit and cutting out the pyro. One way to make more money is to treat the wrestlers for through the lens that the fans watch WWE. I don't you, don't you don't have to treat them like royalty behind the scenes. But on air, the wrestlers have to be royalty. When you get Shinsuke, you have to... The, the, Renee Young has to be in awe of his presence, that or or you know re, have reverence for what he has accomplished. The wrestlers need to be the big stars. They need to be the outlaws, the alphas, the 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 the, the reason that people would watch the show. And WWE has spent the past fifteen plus years brand building. It's all about the brand. And John Cena and the family. John Cena's yeah, well exactly. John Cena's even more of a booster of the brand of WWE than he is about his own career and himself. When you see him in inter- or listen to him on interviews, what does he talk about? I want to be an ambassador for WWE. And I want anything that I do that helps me succeed is helping WWE succeed. Now, part of that is you know telling Vince McMahon what he wants to hear so you stay in his good graces as you do some things that might otherwise be perceived as selfish. I get the game that's being played in that respect. But at some point, WWE needs to be secure enough with themselves to start treating the athletes who fans buy t-shirts for, I don't see people in the crowd with WWE t-shirts. I see them in the crowd with Suplex City t-shirts. I see them in the crowd with Roman Reigns with the Flying Superman Punch t-shirts. I see them with New Day t-shirts. The fans are into the wrestlers. Imagine if WWE reframed things so that the wrestlers were treated with more reverence on the air. And if people watch with a discerning eye... That's not there as much as it should be, and it's something that can go unnoticed if you're not thinking about it. But WWE's all, and, it, and part of it, Bruce, is a strategy of we need the brand to be what's more important than any wrestler because Vince has been through contract disputes with top stars: Bret Hart, Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, uh, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall leaving. You know, he he doesn't want to. He wants the brand to be uh, so strong that no wrestler feels that they can demand more money. And I think that's also part of whether it's overt or subconscious why Charlotte has been dumbed down so much since the superstar shakeup because WWE wants a women's division, not a star or two in Charlotte and one or two others. So they shy away from that. And then we get to what you write about a lot, which is the 50-50, even Steven, mid-card era WWE, where the vast majority of wrestlers are mid-card wrestlers. Yeah, a couple of things about that. Um... That, you know, WWE does. WWE very much has this problem, and and some of it's not just a, a business decision. The way you were talking about the, the 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 brand is paramount, then it's not so damaging when a star leaves. But if a star is really a star, you make more money with that. It's always going to be 
the wrestler, the star-driven business. But ego gets into this too, where the McMahon family is portrayed as better than even the the greatest of the wrestlers, and that's um, and that that the 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 alpha male cows tout kowtows to that or the alpha female kowtows to the family and just eats whatever they're told um that that's a problem WWE does a better job of taking a group of wrestlers or one or two wrestlers and saying these are our real main event wrestlers that you can always identify who the top guys in the promotion is throughout the history of this promotion but i think that what you're talking about WB invented, and, and unfortunately, too ma- all the wrestling companies follow it way too much. And you know, the, the wrestling companies, the other wrestling companies have, no matter how big they are or small they are, have this idea that well, if we build somebody into a real star, then um, and they're the they're the face of our company, then WD is going to take them. Not realizing that if you build one, then that gives you the um, that gives you the foundation to build more than one that, to keep building them, and that some people are going to stay out of some people are going to make decisions the way the Young Bucks did, which is or, or or Cody Rhodes did, which is I can make more money booking myself independently, making my own creative decisions for the most part, and doing my own merchandise, or I can make or if I stay with this company because I'm the face of this company, I'm gonna be better off growing with this company than I am, you know, going to WWE so WWE can make a point about we can get anybody. And that's, you know, that's in play too. But I want to also talk about one part. I see that there's some hope in this, which is when I look at the, at the four um, principles in the main event at SummerSlam, I think they've really done a great job with all four of them, making them seem like they're they're fighters above the brand, that they are out there to get that universal title, that they're not um, being talked down to or being helped by, um, you know, heel authority figures, or they're not, they're out there, you know, they're out there as killers and going after each other. And I think that that, that I see a little bit of hope in that. I mean, that's better than, than nothing, but as far as like a general trend, I think that has a the brand over the star wrestlers has a lot to do with why WWE has this odd but ardent hardcore base and is having a hard time growing um in growing in new fans and fans to coming in and because they're not they're not looking and seeing oh my god Conor McGregor's going to fight Floyd Mayweather and that like you want more of that no, and have, nobody's asking oh, wait who is the promoter. What are the three letters uh, on the logo in the upper corner of the poster? What they care about is I need to see these two megastars, Money Mayweather and you know Conor McGregor, who's just you know patterned himself in his image off of the whole Money Mayweather. Uh, just you know, if you look at his Twitter feed, it's just look at this Rolls Royce that I'm driving. Look at this uh, Rick thir- Yes, yes. Look at this thirty thousand dollar watch that I'm wearing. Look at this private jet I'm about to get into. Yes, ex- expand on that, Bruce. Yeah, I mean it's it, that. Well, I mean Conor McGregor has said he uh, and it's an archetype that Flair played really well, and he got it out of Joe Namath and he, you know, and Burt Reynolds and and other folks, and everything's passed down. But it's like you know, I I wear the finest clothes, I I get the most money, I'll beat you, you, you you're envious of me, but I'm better than you. I'll beat you. I get more women, um, and I'm on this higher class. And either you go and it used to be you go kill him. In our society now, some people go kill him, and some people go, I want to, I want to party with Floyd Mayweather. I want to hang out with Conor McGregor, 
Um, and you have that heat and excitement that surrounds it the way it, the way it did with Ric Flair in his heyday. Um, so that's, um, yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely part of it. But I, yeah, I think that, um, I think that, I mean, I talk about this too. It goes through all of wrestling. I think the, um, the, the wrestling poster for independent promotions that has 20 guys and now they look great on their post, you know, on their poster, but they don't identify who the top guy in the promotion is or who the main, who, what main ev- what's the main event of the show I'm going to go see. And they don't tell you. I think that has carried over from branding, you know, from what they've seen out of WWE all these years and wanting to and learn from WWE instead of, okay, I can learn this from WWE, I can do this. I, and I used to talk about this, but, the, you know, you go into the cable, um, uh, the cable TV place to pay your bill. And every month there was a TNA – when TNA was running pay-per-views every month and Kurt Angle was in his heyday in TNA, <laughs> there was a TNA pay-per-view poster uh, prominently. All those people that came in and paid their bill saw it for the, you know, for the monthly pay-per-view. And unless you read the poster really carefully, you would have thought Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle was starring in a movie and wasn't – you wouldn't know that the thing was a wrestling show. Yep. And that that kind of idea of we're going to do it really creatively is like that's great. Those posters were creative. They didn't sell what you were selling, and that that's where and what wrestling always is selling is is exciting stars put in conflict with each other where you don't know where you want to see the action in the fight, and you can't figure out whether. Whether it's a work or a shoot, you can't really figure out what's going to happen, so you have to see it yourself. I think WWE's done a great job of of getting away from the brand and um, doing that with these four in SummerSlam. Well, and, 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 and that is the anyway. pre- that is the premise of my column in this week's Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter. You have not read it yet, but we are in sync on that. It's great, I- though. The, oh, thank you. I appreciate yeah, it. It was really well. I'm, I'm really proud of it, yes. Um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to go to our first break. When we come back, I want to delve a little bit more into what you've talked about there in terms of that SummerSlam main event. I want to get back to NXT, talk about what's uh, what's coming up at TakeOver and, and some, I think, an exciting era coming up for NXT with, as you mentioned, an ROH faction, uh, 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 different wrestlers. Greg Parks, by the way, wrote about this in his... Uh, weekly full-page feature-length column in the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter. Again, as a VIP member, you can read these exclusive columns, weekly columns from Bruce, from Greg Parks, my weekly columns that are VIP exclusive, and more. Uh, Travis Bryant, in his column in this week's Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter, talks about realigning the divisions post-SummerSlam going into fall, getting all the women on one brand, all the tag teams onto another, and making his case for the pros of that. There are some cons, there's some pros. I see both sides. Travis made his case for that. But I want to talk about what I wrote about and what Greg wrote about and what we talked about at the top of the show, which is uh, NXT TakeOver, specifically that card, and then what happens afterwards with it. Support us on Patreon starting at $4.99. Get these shows ad-free and bonus VIP content. That's $4.99 on Patreon. Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That is the quickest, cheapest, and easiest way to support us and enjoy these shows with a streamlined listening experience. The Wade Keller Post Shows, Podcasts, and the PW Torch Daily Casts, plus some random VIP bonus content. PW Torch is now on YouTube. Check out our relaunched, revamped, and reinvigorated YouTube channel after many years sitting dormant, collecting dust. And now it's back, shinier, brighter. It smells better. It's our PW Torch YouTube channel. 
And you can check out daily news updates, the weekly fireside chat with Tyler Sage and Zach Hadorn, and my Keller commentaries. The first Keller commentary was my rebooking of WrestleMania 38's lineup. I used all the same wrestlers, but none of the same matches. And I tried to make a better two-night event. Decide for yourself. Go check it out. YouTube.com slash PWTorch. And be sure to hit subscribe and like our videos. All right, uh, Bruce Mitchell, Torch Senior Columnist, joins me today on the Thursday flagship on August 10th, 2017. Tomorrow, Kevin Eck, former WWE creative team member for much of the CM Punk era, joins me to talk about SummerSlam and his history being part of the creative team for a number of SummerSlams a few years back. And we'll also preview and get his take on today's SummerSlam. He follows the industry very closely today, but he was also in the trenches, writing the shows, coming up with creative ideas. And we'll talk about different various alternative scenarios that could have happened at past SummerSlams. That is the fourth episode out of four of our four weekly Wade Keller Pro Wrestling podcasts here at Podcast One. And then a week from tomorrow, Lillian Garcia joins me. And we will talk about her time in WWE as a ring announcer and her new show right here on Podcast One. But Bruce, uh, before we went to the break, we were talking about the premise of my column this week and the point that you brought up independently, which is SummerSlam's main event, the Fatal 4-Way, Brock, Braun, Joe, Roman, is a marquee pay- uh, pay-per-view main event that makes the undercard Almost irrelevant. I mean, like, I mean, it, relatively speaking, the undercard to this year's SummerSlam doesn't matter that much because it is a fatal four-way match that I think will be what this show is singularly remembered for. Now, maybe there's going to be some amazing undercard match and Shinsuke and Jinder are going to tear down the house or who knows what, but this is what WWE looks for. It is their McGregor Mayweather. It is a singular match that can sell an event. And often, fatal four-way matches are a crutch for a pay-per-view not having a one-on-one match that, that they think can sell. So they end up adding people to the match, making it a triple threat or a fatal four-way. This is the opposite and a much better version of a fatal four-way, which is there's a bunch of singles matches people would pay to see, but we're making this even bigger and better because we have four stars right now who are showing signs of momentum. And it is not often that we can look at ratings in recent years and go, something good is happening. But right now, something good is happening with the ratings. And you mentioned it in the first segment on this show. Raw went up to a 2.20 on Monday night. That's the best rating that they've done since uh, April 17th, which was you know Superstar Shakeup Week and WrestleMania right after WrestleMania. They are starting to increase. It is a small. It, it was above what the year ago rating was, which was 2.05. That hasn't happened very often. When the rating this year is better than last year's rating, the last time Raw's rating was better uh, than the year ago rating was back on January 30th, I believe, if my uh, spreadsheet chart is accurate here. So there's a sign of momentum, and I think you're right to pinpoint that it's Brock, Braun, Joe, and Roman, and there is particular interest in those four for some of the reasons that are the opposite of what we talked about um, being a problem in WWE because these are four wrestlers, Roman an exception in a different way, but Braun, Joe, and Brock do seem like they're 
outlaws. They're badasses. They're guys who are not are not just thankful to be in WWE, but carry themselves like WWE should be thankful to have their services. And with various degrees of success, but all successful in what I'm about to say, they seem like candidates for baddest man in the world. And when you've got that, that that's really cool. And I think you're right, too, and a lot of times three ways and four ways are used to extend a program when they don't want to get to the end of, you know, who's the better man um, or, you know, just and, – and they do it too often. It's done too often in wrestling and all that. And this is the first one I've seen in years and years where organically all four guys moved to a point where – you you would there really isn't two that you can pick right now. You would want to see this and what comes after it. And um, I thought what you talked about at the very beginning was really important. Uh, money shows in the history of pro wrestling, in other words, shows that are going to draw big money that that are that are going to get the most interest are shows like what you described, which is there is one match. Maybe two, but really one match that stands out that is more important is the match that you're going to be thinking about before the show and after the show. And that while um, you know you can have a card, a mid card, a lower card that um, is important, if all the matches are are the same, more than likely what you're going to get. And in fact, I'd say what, more than likely what you're going to get is that mid card error type of card where it's a good card. But the excitement isn't there. But if you've got that, that what you want in the main event, which is the electricity, which is something big. And that's why I'm, I, I really am against – and there's, there's nothing right now to be done about the third hour of Raw. But I really am against WWE having these just shows that go on and on and on and on because you want that crowd and – you want that crowd and the production and everybody – to be up for the main event, and it's just like when McGregor and Mayweather, and it's, this is an easy comparison, you're going to hear it too um, for a while, but when McGregor and Mayweather come out, the place is going to come unglued. You know, it's going to, I mean, Las Vegas is just going to be on fire, and that's what you want with Lesnar and Reigns and, um, and Joe and, and, and Strowman. I mean, and that's what they've got a real chance to have. And, and so – the fact of that match being a linchpin for everybody's focus, I would think, means um, it's already, as you said, showing some some positive effect in the ratings after a long kind of stultifying error in television ratings. And I think it's going to I think it should affect um, in a positive way the network subscriptions. But if you look at any of the wrestling shows, they don't you know, as fans, we might go, well, this show was this WrestleMania was really great because every match on the card just stood out but the shows that really count in wrestling history and the shows even more importantly that count in wrestling history because they made a ton of money they have an exciting bigger than life main event to hang their hat on and this one this one does that's cool it's been a while and um wrestlemania usually has one or two with you know john cena and the rock donald trump and vince mcmahon whatever it is they have that to to hang it now um now they're they're They've got it for SummerSlam. We'll see how they do with the other, the other two besides WrestleMania, or even with WrestleMania. But they've got it for SummerSlam. And the cool thing about it is, there's not a guest star. I mean, and I, I'm not counting Brock Lesnar as a guest star, but there's not Rock coming back as a movie star. There's not, um, 
Ronda Rousey in the ring for the first time for WWE. And these things may happen. The wrestlers are the stars. The wrestlers are the stars. The the um, you know, and and you could do the and part time is different with Lesnar, but um, that but still he's a regular. He's the champion. He's this. He's that. And it's a big deal when he comes out. It was on Monday night. I mean, the surprise on Monday night at the beginning of the show. There was that electricity. So um. You know, and that, here's, a, here's the thing with Brock, too, is Brock, by just being in the conversation about being a worthy opponent for perhaps the greatest pound-for-pound MMA fighter of all time, troubled and derailed at times, John Jones, the idea that he is John Jones's dream match opponent elevates Brock Lesnar substantially in the eyes of the WWE audience. If Brock Lesnar was yesterday's news in MMA, people would say, well, he's riding out his marketability years, earning some extra money, but you know, he's not really a relevant, real fighter anymore. And he, by being in the conversation and likely having a fight with John Jones next year, that boosts Brock Lesnar's perception and drawing power, and it makes it seem like WWE is more important because of it. Absolutely, and it also makes people go, Brock Lesnar and John Jones, I was watching this this fight that did a half a million more buys um, than Cormier's last fight did. Um, you know, what is it, 850,000 buys? And, and um, they go, Brock Lesnar's on the – now I'm hearing Brock Lesnar and, – and he's talking about Brock Lesnar. Now I'm hearing Brock Lesnar on SummerSlam. Maybe they'll go to their friend's house and watch it. Maybe they'll um, take 10 bucks and get the WWE Network out of curiosity. May, uh, uh, but it just, that stuff really can help. And WWE knows that. And, and so that's, um, that's there. But yeah, I, I think that, um, I think that uh, my point, I, I, but yeah, I really want to make that point of that big main event match. Hell, WrestleMania three, you know, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, um, Ricky Steamboat and, you know, Ricky Steamboat and, and Randy Savage had a good program going, a good revenge program going. But it wasn't any kind of like huge deal. That whole show, the 78,000 fans that they drew in the Pontiac Silverdome, was about one match, Hogan and Andre. Yep. And, the, and the consequences of the unbeaten giant who had never been slammed versus the unbeatable hero champion, um, something had to give and people wanted to see it. And, you know, and the imagination helped a ton with that match because the circumstances, because the reality of it, it wasn't much of a match, but the, but everything else pulled it through to, to something that people will always remember as far as, um, you know, WrestleManias and wrestling go. Yes. Yes. A PW Torch VIP membership doesn't just give you ad-free access to these shows and a ton of other VIP-exclusive podcasts throughout the week, but you also gain access to our unmatched, vast library of wrestling history, our contemporaneous week-to-week coverage through our Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletters dating back to the late 1980s, along with streaming and download access to hundreds of retro radio shows from the 1990s, including some of my interviews with wrestling's top newsmakers in the 90s, and also our podcast library dating back to the year 2003. There's no larger longer-spanning pro wrestling podcast library than that that comes with a PW Torch VIP membership now approaching 20 years of podcasting. Go VIP and dive into our post-pay-per-view roundtables, our coverage of some of your favorite eras of wrestling, top-name long-form interviews, and special format podcasts that we've done throughout the years. PWTorch.com slash GoVIP. We have a streamlined sign-up form, and you can pay with PayPal or directly with your credit card or debit card 
in one or two minutes from right now, you can be a VIP member and in diving into our library, pwtorch.com slash govip. Well, we, uh, we have a, a big SummerSlam main event, but we also have NXT TakeOver. And I opened up the show talking about SummerSlam becoming a bigger weekend and SummerSlam weekend becoming not even a mini WrestleMania, just another. It's clearly the number two show again. Um, the Royal from a buy rate standpoint, the Royal Rumble was did better than SummerSlam a lot. Uh, but the Royal Rumble sort of seems like the little brother of WrestleMania. It's it's a it's important and it changes the course of wrestling history. Who wins the Rumble? There's usually a big supporting main event. Yes, that's all true. But SummerSlam, because it's somewhere in the midway point between uh, each WrestleMania, it has time to build, to percolate, and to stand on its own. And it has become a very big deal for WWE when it comes to network subscriptions, too. It, it, it's a reason for people to break away from, like, I don't need to watch all the Sunday specials, but there are two events a year, three events a year, I absolutely need to watch. I don't think there's a big four. Um, I know they're going to try to pull that out for Survivor Series, being the only time you see Ron SmackDown superstars face each other. But the fact is, is with the superstar shakeups and John Cena being a free agent, it, it, it doesn't feel that special. It's not like the NWA versus WWF having a super show in 1988 or something. Um, so you have SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, and WrestleMania is the big three, but SummerSlam, really a big deal. And part of it is that it's become not just an event, but an all, not just a three-hour event, but an all-day event. And I think there's negatives that come with that. You end up with a tired crowd. You end up testing people's patience. People aren't left wanting more. They're left wanting it to end in the midst of the main event sometimes. And not everybody. But enough fans are going, my God, this has been a long day. I need to move on. And I think that's not a good thing to do. But it's also a weekend. And you have NXT TakeOver. I, I really like the idea of having an alumni show, a class reunion type show, bringing some of the NXT stars back. My hunch is that there will be some sort of an angle that will lead to somebody on the current NXT roster ending up being pulled onto the main roster based on some sort of interaction with somebody who's alumni. It doesn't have to be that way. I like it just on its own. Bruce, which is a way to say, hey, these are stars who used to be in NXT, and they're back because they want to see what's going on now. They want to see Asuka. They want to see... Drew McIntyre. They want to see the top stars, Robert Roode, and the up-and-coming stars uh, in, in NXT, and they want to be here for it, even though it's a busy weekend for them. I like that, too. And I like this card, and I like that WWE is focusing on Ember Moon and Asuka, and Robert Roode and Drew Galloway, excuse me, Drew McIntyre, as the two, you know, we talk about having a main event, as the co-main events that are why you should tune in on Saturday. Yeah, I and I think that WWE... Um... They don't do a great job because it's so skewed with wrestling history, in, in my objective opinion, studied opinion. But they do, they do use their own history now in a way that, that, that's deeper than any other wrestling company ever has. And, um, and so with NXT, if, you know, NXT, the real purpose is not to make Triple H look like a wrestling genius, although that's, that's a primary purpose that they'll never say but it but it's to develop new stars and part of what you want to do in a developmental system is to go this is the hot triple a system the stars of tomorrow come out of here here look here's here's today's nxt prospects and great wrestlers and look who came out of here 
and here they are, and they're proud to be from here. Um, that's part of that's part of using your history to hype your future, to hype um, to hype your stars of, of the present too. And and you know they make money off of NXT too. So it's like I mean, well, actually they don't. They need to, but they they do off of these um, takeover shows. So um, it, standing alone. So um, yeah, I think that the, I think there's something good. And, and honestly, Wade, I, I think it's going to be a good card. But the star power, the NXT indie superstar power isn't quite on this show so this is a good way if they've got something it's if they've got somebody coming in and i don't know that they do but but uh, an independent fans darling coming in um a matt riddle or a um kenny omega just to pick two um to to helm the you know the, the um the men's heavyweight nxt title um, that that helps with this, and um, I, I don't think it's like a bad show with any by any means. There's a lot that I like about this coming in with this show, but I think that that this is another way to make it special to kind of make up for. There's not a Nakamura in the main event. What uh, what, what did you take on uh, Drew McIntyre as a current top NXT star, but also a potential future main roster star? I mean, I think he's proven. Um, I think he proved he proved in his three-year um, um, trip to the wilderness. I mean, he kind of he was the one that came out of b- before Cody Rhodes or before anybody else that came out of WWE or Jinder Mahal for that matter, um, who came out of WWE, um, you know, flat as a pancake and recreated himself and recreated his potential. Um, by carefully marking himself and, and carefully putting himself in positions where he was going to be used in a strong way and coming through. And so I think that his potential is to go and be part of the main event mix. Um, I don't think – I mean, you know, they're doing what they're doing with Roderick Strong too. And so I think Roderick Strong plays into um, NXT TakeOver against Bobby Roode. And it's there, but I, I do look at this like Bobby Roode and, and Drew McIntyre. McIntyre plays his character really well. His wrestling is main event worthy, but it's not blow away main event worthy. And Bobby Roode is is good and you know with a tremendous ring entrance, but he's still the Bobby Roode that he's he hasn't he hasn't done in in my mind what AJ Styles did, which is once he left TNA raised this game. This is Bobby Roode, the basics of Bobby Roode, good championship level um, wrestling character, but not great ones. So, um, I, you know, I think that Drew McIntyre will, you know, I don't think it's going to be now or anytime very soon. I, I think within a year or so, Drew McIntyre will end up back on the main roster, but he won't be shot to the very top of the main roster. He'll be shot to the, um, He'll be shot to the Kevin Owens, which is a great place to be. You make a lot of money, and it's a good place to be, and you can make it further. But he'll be a Kevin Owens-type level um, when he goes, and so that that's good. Bobby Roode, that's really interesting to me what happens with him. I think he would end up going after his after his reign, but I don't think his reign's going to end. I think they, they're trying to make something out of Roderick Strong. Um, Roderick Strong has huge strengths, but no one's made anything – before out of Roger Strong's character, and WWE has made more progress with that um, than anybody else has, and so uh, all that stuff plays plays into a takeover. Who are you most excited about? Who is uh, coming in? Who's going to be fresh blood after SummerSlam? Uh, you've already got Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, 
uh, Adam Cole, Donovan Dijak. What, what Dijak? Who do you? Uh, who in that batch uh, that Greg Parks wrote about in this week's Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter uh, do you think has a chance to make the biggest impact? You know, what I really like from what I was watching last several shows, um, and Kyle O'Reilly played into this, was Aleister Black. I just loved how they set all that up. I mean, it was just um, really well done, and, and he had he really had something. He's not quite in that, that group that you're talking about. Well, but, again, I'm just talking about guys who are very new. Alistair Black, as we've talked about for months, is kind of the, yeah. the prime blue chipper right now that I think people are excited about as sort of a kind of in the CM Punk mold as being an individual who maybe Vince McMahon won't get, but the fans are latching on to and really is memorable. But there's this new group, this new, you know, he's kind of the, the between WrestleMania and SummerSlam, one of the rising stars in NXT. But the ones that I'm kind of curious about are, you know, Leo Rush, Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, this this new group. And like Johnny Gargano, too, is kind of in the, the uh, Aleister Black class where I'm excited right. about him and he hasn't fulfilled his potential yet and or he hasn't played out everything that he can do in NXT yet. But like because Todd Martin, PW Torch VIP audio analyst, very high on Adam Cole. Um, and I'm more nervous about his size and whether he can be in the mix as a top, top guy, or if he'll be seen more as an, uh, uh, maybe more of uh, Austin Aries, a guy who's meant, meant to be a top guy but isn't quite big enough for us to get away with pushing him as such. Yeah, I'm um... – you know, I look at those guys and I look at what, you know, they're the Ring of Honor crew and um, they're all very good wrestlers. But, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, they all seem to me like guys who could end up with a goofy gimmick in the, in, in the mid card of, of the WWE main brands or um, be a guy who's treated seriously to provide the um, action on television. But I don't see anybody – out of them, and this is you know really brand new, but I don't see anybody out of them that that strikes me the way Adam Cole strikes um, Todd. Um, and I, you know I'm not against that, but I'm there's not that guy where you go even with um, when Samoa Joe was there. It's like Samoa Joe, you put him in the right spot. Um, I didn't have faith that they would, but you put him in the right spot. He could, he always could have been a main eventer for anybody, and it just never, for a lot of reasons, didn't happen. But um, I don't, out of those guys, honestly, I don't know that I see anybody that stands. They're all really good, but they're all really good in that same um, good to great work rate in the ring, um, decent promo, and not the size that that lends itself to WWE stardom. So, um, you know, that, you know, someone, there's a chance to break out. So we'll see. All right, Bruce, on that note, I want to have time to get to emails. We've got our, uh, uh, a batch of emails that, uh, Wade Keller pro wrestling podcast listeners have sent in this week that they want us to address here on the flagship edition. So let's go to our second break. When we come back, we're going to hit a diverse eclectic mix of email topics, mostly current events coming up right after our second break. Thanks for downloading today's show. Take it to the next level with a VIP membership. Get shows like this, the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show, and the PW Torch Daily Casts on our PW Torch VIP podcast feed 
with ads and plugs removed from the shows for a streamlined listening experience. And also hear the VIP exclusive shows that I host with Rich Fan and Todd Martin. Everything with Rich Fan and The Fix with Todd Martin's signature VIP series that you're missing out without a VIP membership. So go VIP here in 2022 and enjoy all the benefits, all the bonus content, and the ad-free listening experience. PWTorch.com slash go VIP. Okay, we're going to now go to the email section. Just a reminder, the email address for this show is wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. Next week, when you're watching Raw and you have a question or a topic you want us to delve into on uh, next week's show, send us an email during Raw or right afterwards, wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. Same thing for SmackDown. If you have a broader, more generalized topic, send it in and put flagship in the subject line. And we will uh, try to get to it on next week's Thursday flagship edition of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at the Wade Keller and follow our brand at PW Torch. And if you're into MMA, you can follow our sister brand at MMA Torch. And we encourage you to check out MMATorch.com for the latest news and special features and live event coverage. And uh, Bruce, how can people follow you on social media? Now, long-time listeners to the two of us know that Wade is actually testing to see whether I know my Twitter ID. But um, <laughs> if you're new to it, that's, that's why he did that. Um, at Mitchell P.W. Torch. At Mitchell P.W. Torch. Do you think that's right? Should we test it? Yeah, that's right. All right let me see. Bruce, Mitchell, Mitchell. Yeah, you're right. Good job. Way to go, Bruce. Congratulations. Pat on the head. <laughs> All right. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Let's uh um let's go to the Oh, by the way, we'll we'll do a full preview of NXT Takeover and SummerSlam and not just talk about the top matches on the VIP Bruce Mitchell Audio show this weekend. Uh and we also uh we'll cover some other topics in long form uh that's coming up this weekend. All right, Bruce, to the inbox we go, to the mailbag we go. Pop Culture Junkie says he's a six-year VIP member from Houston, Texas. Thank you, PCJ. He says, I've been wanting to congratulate you on the new podcast. Wishing you the best with it. A couple of questions regarding Raw from this week. The Canadian audience has always been entertaining. I always look back to WrestleMania 18 with the reverse crowd reactions for Hulk Hogan and The Rock. We saw the live audience react the same way with Roman Reigns, Enzo, Bailey, and others. Obviously, this would be a wake-up call to a promoter that when that that what they're doing is not what we the audience want. Does this affect Vince or creative, or is audience feedback from this arena an afterthought to them? Well, those situations all you know are are, are, are places in time. In other words, there was a crowd that was ready to cheer Hulk Hogan again. Um, after all the time with Hollywood Hogan coming back, you know, the NWO coming back to um, prominence in WWE, and Hogan took advantage of that and very smartly changed the tenor of that match. And Rock went with it once he figured out he couldn't go behind it. But I always think of Rock coming back after that going, I learned a lot from that match. And what he meant was no one's going to do that to him again. And it, they haven't. But um, so that that's a... A unique circumstance. I, I thought, though, the Bailey reaction was not a bizarro crowd. And you know that when they say the bizarro term, if one of the announcers says that, it's because Vincent Mann is mad at the fans that they didn't react the way they wanted him to. Um, that uh, Bailey's situation 
and it's frustrating and sad to watch. But Bailey's situation of not being over as a babyface is completely the fault, the responsibility of WWE creative, i.e. Vince McMahon. And so for him to go, um, to him to do a lousy job at something and then blame his customers for them rejecting the lousy job that he and his department did for, uh, for, this, for this act um, is arrogant and, and ridiculous. And so um, that's, you know, that's part of it. Now do, now, do crowds react differently for all kinds of different reasons? Yeah, they do. And are they trying to uh, – and does WWE want crowds to react the way their stories go? Of course they do because th- these crowds are teaching – the announcers are teaching the fans at home what they should think about something. And so – and the crowds are too. And if the crowds go rogue – um, then that's a problem. But the responsibility for that problem, and it can be long-term, is with the creative team. It's not with the fans. The fans within, within the realm of the law and decent behavior um, and, and decent safe behavior can do anything they want to. They paid their ticket. They're in charge of their own behavior. And I, I never like that. I never think that that's a good idea. It's like, oh, everybody hated – everybody hated – and this is a, a lot smaller example, but everybody hated my column this week. That's because everybody – because they're all idiots who don't know how to read. No, maybe I wrote a bad column. You know, I mean, and that's, that's – that part of it you have to examine. I mean, this man should be a little more self-reflective, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly with Bailey. I mean, it's like that. If there's ever a botched thing that's obvious. It's Bailey. And now it, it's not even, um, it's bot, you know, whether it's botched, it's what do you do now? Exactly. Oh, no, I know. They got to fix her. Uh, all right. Question number two from uh, PCJ Do you see Brock Lesnar having a match on Raw or SmackDown before his final WWE contract ends? Um, if they look, yeah, one. I could see one time going in three weeks, Brock Lesnar will wrestle live on Raw, not SmackDown, Raw. Yeah. And, um, and he'll wrestle this major opponent in this match that really means a ton that they might have normally put on a Sunday night show just to jack a rating up one time. And, 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 may, and I, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see it never happen. Yeah, yep. With some podcast memberships, there's a complicated system of having to enter a username and password in advanced settings, and it works on some apps but not others. That's not the case with PW Torch VIP membership. We now have a slick setup where you're a single click away when you go VIP from having your podcast feed automatically generated on Apple Podcasts. All you need is an authorized VIP membership as soon as you sign up on our express sign-up form, which takes about a minute. You'll get a link and you click on it and it opens Apple Podcasts and subscribes. No entering anything, no advanced settings. You can also subscribe on more podcast apps than ever other than Apple Podcasts, including Beyond Pod and Dogcatcher on Android and many others on iPhones and iOS. So VIP membership, it's more convenient than you realize. Get all the benefits of VIP membership, all the VIP exclusive podcasts and these shows with the ads and plugs removed with a VIP membership pwtorch.com slash go VIP. It's quick, it's easy, it's convenient, and we think it's worth it. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. All 
All right, uh, number three. I agree with you. I wouldn't be shocked if it never happens. The announcers are already poorly used by how overly scripted they are, but Michael Cole's over-the-top and never-believable reactions to big spots just takes me out of the action every time. How much longer will Cole be the lead Raw commentator, and who will take over once he steps down? Thanks for answering my questions. Have a great show. You know, I think Michael Cole's having the best year of his career, but I think P- uh, PCJ points out something here, that his reaction to the desk chair on Monday was so over the top that it was ridiculous, and it did take me out of the moment. It's a padded desk chair. I've never seen anything like that. I saw something a little more incredible Sunday night on Game of Thrones. Spoiler, spoilers aside, um, that was not the same thing of what we saw on Game of Thrones Sunday with this, you know, ultimate trajectory moment. Um, I, I I don't know why Cole does that. If if, if Vince is forcing him to, or Cole just thinks, you know, I'm just going to do, I'm going to hard sell the big moments. But that was the most ridiculous. There are times I think Cole does a really good job selling big spots because the spots call for it. But I would say that the, the, the glaring weakness in his commentary right now, which I think is, has been stronger lately, Bruce, is not having the instinct of what level to hit during a big moment or a big spot. It seems like he goes from, you know, if on a 1 to 10 scale, if you're normally in the 3 to 7 range in a normal match, he jacks it to 10 when it should be an 8 too often. Well, I mean, that is in the tradition of pro wrestling hype. That is in the tradition of Jim Ross and Vince McMahon as main commentators. I'd argue it probably Gorilla Monsoon, too. Um, but, yeah, it, it can be – he's missing the credible gear, that the credible hype gear that Jim Ross had. And, and again, that's I, I think that's um, the fault of WWE and how they handled – Ross leaving the the main announce chair and then turning Michael Cole, your lead play-by-play announcer, heel. I think he still suffers from that. I agree with you. He's been good. I don't see anybody that they're um, that they've got ready yet, or seems to be groom be grooming for that. I think they expect Michael Cole to hold that spot. He's the perfect corporate WWE play-by-play announcer. Can I can I do a really quick aside on the NXT um, team? Yeah, sure. Mauro Ronaldo and Nigel McGuinness and Percy Ross are really good, um, particularly the first two. But you know, for, uh, with the history of Mauro Ronaldo, I don't think that's going to happen. And Nigel McGuinness doesn't strike me as, as what Vincent Mann would want in his color man. But, um, and, and Corey Graves already kind of plays that role. But Percy Ross said one of the dumbest things. I think it was on last week's NXT show. I, I assume you're talking about Percy Watson. Percy Watson. Yeah. Who is Percy Ross? Anyway, okay, Percy Watson. <laughs> um, but Percy Watson, uh, Joey Gargano was back. Johnny. Johnny Gargano. <laughs> Johnny Gargano was back. Yep. And um, as, after Ciampa had killed him, after his partner had betrayed him in this huge match, in this huge deal, and injured him and put him out. And, and um, Percy Watson went against what pro wrestling is all about. He said the best thing for Gargano to do, and he wasn't a heel you know, saying he should be a coward. He said the best thing for Gargano to do was to um, – and they made the point that Gargano had said nothing about Ciampa stabbing him in the back, in the back – is to get this behind you and just move on. <laughs> and I'm like, the whole thing is – Wrestling is based – one of the things that wrestling is based on besides championship matches is revenge. Someone screws you over in a competition and injures you, 
and not even in a fair way, doesn't even like call you out for a fight and then beats you up and injures you, but but betrays you and injures you, and you're supposed to put it behind you. They're like, what the hell was that? All right, I'm finished. There is such a there's a generation of people who who whose exposure to professional wrestling is limited almost exclusively to WWE. And thankfully, and you wrote about it this week in your opening paragraph and, and wrote a column in the, this week's Prosting Torch newsletter on, on an indie wrestling show you went to. But you talked about this being the golden age of res- indie wrestling, and, and it is. I mean, this is the, the, the options out there, uh, stateside and in Europe especially, are, are amazing right now. And, and But that said, there's a lot of people in the WWE system who were part of that kind of FCW NXT era who have kind of stuck around, Byron Saxton, Percy Watson, some of the women wrestlers. When they talk, whether it's in a radio interview or to WWE.com and sometimes on commentary, their perspective on what wrestling is is so narrow and so different than any other wrestlers who grew who who over over the many decades I've been watching wrestling and writing and talking about it there's this group of wrestlers who their education level is it I mean I it's I mean this isn't a, a, a current event and a gross exaggeration because the, 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 it's it's such an extreme example but it's like living in North Korea and that being your only worldview because you've only been fed propaganda and there are people who have only been fed propaganda, and they don't, and I, and I don't mean this in a mean way, but they don't get, like, the first thing about what pro wrestling is about. They buy into, it's sports entertainment, it's about crowd reactions, it's about entertaining people. And they don't understand that for any It other, is about those things. But, but, but that's, that's the part, too, that I, yeah. everything I'm building up to was what you just interrupted as about Sabres, is all those things are most effectively done when you do what pro wrestling is all about, which is the opposite of what Percy Watson was advocating for, which is it's about wrestlers fighting wrestlers to win titles and settle feuds. And when you don't have that as a foundation of everything else, if that's not the starting point, then every, all this other stuff, crowd reactions and and uh, um, entertaining people and drawing money, it all falls apart. But isn't that – I mean, do you sense that, Bruce, that there's this kind of generation of people who are in wrestling, in some cases earning a living, and I don't mean this in a mean way, but they don't get the first thing about the foundation of what makes pro wrestling work. And it's, it's amazing. They've, they've, their, their knowledge is the propaganda of the internal WWE narrative. Yeah, and I, I think those people have existed in this last generation more than ever before. Having said that, this, this breach, I thought, defied not only all of that, but what you're talking about. And Nigel McGinnis should have just stopped the taping or something, or somebody should have. It just defies common sense. Like, there should be some common sense. When I'm looking at like, like that, there should also be the, I'm looking from the outside as a normal, yes. intelligence, normal intelligence person watching this show is that what i would think you know you know without particularly they showed me the footage and that foot that was a great turn you know it was really well done and it really got the emotions going and it's like i suppose i'm supposed to pull i'm supposed to pull out my punk card and go well best thing for me to do is just to get get it behind me like a bad divorce you know it's like like and and i'm sure you want and i know we'll talk about this this weekend for VIP members, but um, it was Booker T. It was Booker T's um, analogy of um, of of Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose being 
a girlfriend cheating cheating on you was hilarious, but at least it was a little more germane. And you know, it was like, and it was definitely you could definitely see that moment where they went, "Don't talk about that anymore," because it was a little too you know a little too weird. But I mean, yeah. it was um. But this is just like so. Someone, you know, what if you went to the movies and like, you know, the, you know, someone stole the guy's daughter, kidnapped the guy's daughter, and they, and then the guy said, well, you know, this has really been hard on me. But best thing for me is just to put it behind me and move on. It's like the whole movie would fall apart. Yes. It's like, what do you do? You know, it's it, like it's, it's, I really it, do it, think it. common sense sometimes. Just a little step to the side and a little common sense goes. A long way, but they should be in tune to all of that, like really in tune to it. And he clearly is. And and okay, uh, produce the show and rest of. Anyway, that was my um. Yeah, no good. Side. Right. I, I, my digression that digressed twice. I, I apologize for that. You can support us on Patreon and get these shows with ads and plugs removed: the Wade Keller Processing Podcast, Wade Keller Processing Post Shows, and the PW Torch Daily Cast throughout the week with ads and plugs removed, plus a few bonus VIP shows throughout the month for just $4.99 a month. Check it out, patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. And you can also upgrade to other tiers and receive even more benefits through Patreon. We're going into our, our rapid fire mode, which will not succeed, but I'm saying it anyway because we always we never do rapid fire. But let me get I want to get a bunch more emails in here before we wrap up the show and begin with uh, Jorge who says, thank you, Mr. Keller, for all the awesome podcasts you turn out every week. I have not missed an episode yet. Keep up the awesome work. This last weekend, in a show in Dublin, Ireland, footage came out with Joey Ryan performing his signature, and how do I keep this PG, his signature penisplex move onto wrestling legend Mick Foley. Though I thought the segment was quite entertaining, some more hardcore fans took issue to someone, the stature of Mick Foley, being relegated to a bad comedy spot. I am personally with the mindset that comedy wrestling in small doses brings some levity to the entertainment. But I understand that some more traditional fans feel this is an affront to the sport of wrestling and it breaks kayfabe. I really wanted to know what was your thought on Mick Foley doing such a spot with Joey Ryan. And what is your thought? what are your thoughts in general on Joey Ryan as a performer and your thoughts on outlandish comedy spots in wrestling altogether? A um, couple of things. The Dublin audience likes that kind of stuff. They get into it. They'll come to the next show. They'll they'll buy tickets to the next show and bring their friends. They participate with it. It's um, you know, it's a Rocky Horror Picture Show type of crowd. And so Joey Ryan and you know and Mick Foley who plays to that type of crowd. You know, it's amazing how different Mick Foley is now from the Cactus Jack character. Um, in the Texas, and not in Texas death matches, in the Japanese death matches and all. Well, that. I, tra- I, mean, I traveled to Pennsylvania Hall in Philadelphia back in the early '90s to see the three matches in one night, hardcore pre ECW brawl between Eddie Gilbert and Mick Foley. And you know there there was a false count anywhere match, there was a cage match. I shot photos. It was a really really cool, memorable night, and really more than probably any other single show, the precursor to what would become ECW because Eddie Gilbert was the first booker for ECW before Paul Heyman took over. And Mick Foley was the hardcore hero, not the soft, cuddly teddy bear with the, uh, you know, doing a family reality show and doing comedy spots. It, I mean, and and it's not even negative that Mick Foley changed in and moved into a different area, but it is, it, it's, it's the contrast is so stark. uh, The difference between the two, Uh, what are some other wrestling characters went from the Bushwhackers? The sheep herder, they were the sheepherders in the 80s 
very hardcore blood and guts brawling style. They get to WWE and they're licking, licking their opponents' faces and doing comedy spots. So it's not unprecedented that this happens. Well, I was trying to like actually hit this in rapid fire form before you took that way over with that. Um, but yeah, it's there. But what I'm trying to say is, I already fired you once this summer. That was just a, that's true. Um, <laughs> on this show, I believe was it the first show? Jeez, you haven't had that many shows. You're gonna fire me again. Oh man. Anyway, um, I don't understand why I can't get fired at the beginning of the show instead of the yeah, end. Yeah, I think you'd go for a nice walk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but um. But as far as I'm kind of two minds of it, part of it, well, with Joey Ryan, I think Joey Ryan um, has an okay sleazy comedy character without the the penis spot that he would find it more difficult to get booked. And his work is mediocre. So it's like he plays the character pretty well, but he would find it more difficult to get booked than he does now with this spot that fans who know about want to see him do. And so that that and the idea is to get booked and to get paid and to raise your rate for getting booked um, wherever you, you know, whatever place in the wrestling business is. So that's um, that's good. There's always been ridiculous characters in professional wrestling. There's been, um, you know, people who brought chickens to the ring and all kinds of stuff. I mean, back back 80 years ago and, and all that. So the Not idea every that, territory, though, had them. Yeah, well, it depended on the territory. It depended on the promoter and his philosophy. And my point is that some territories, some promoters, some bookers liked that, and others thought it was an affront to the narrative structure. We can't have... And they did it because... But whether they liked or they didn't like, they made a money decision. I can make money doing this yeah. gimmick. I can make money... I can lose money by having these type of gimmicks screwing up my, um, my blood and gut style. I mean, they are, and, and they always look for things going back and forth. But I also look at something that I, I, I kind of just said about – I didn't know this question was coming. But I look at that person who's a casual person seeing this. Now, now, now casual people don't go to these shows, but they might, or they might see Joey Ryan at a show. And I've heard of people going to a show, seeing Joey Ryan doing his dick spot and going, I'm not coming back to this. Yeah. And, and that's, that's something to think about too. Does it ruin kayfabe? No. Does it, uh, it the the um the the job is to draw people in and, and get them to spend money and so if, if there's something about this that they like and and they do that's the job but there are things that in general society that that someone in general society might give you a chance and try something for their entertainment and then go I can't bring my family to this I can't bring um I can't bring my wife I can't bring you know right. my coworkers and all that so I'm of two minds of this but yeah. you have to remember it was perfect for the Dublin style of audience the crowd knew what they were getting when they went there for the most part right yeah all right uh Jeff uh, from Colorado, says, I realize this isn't as pressing as Brock Lesnar, but still, is Renee Young no longer a SmackDown exclusive? She's made more frequent appearance, we- more frequent weekly Raw appearances lately. Loving my VIP membership. Thanks for the great content, VIP and otherwise. Uh, Bruce, yeah, the, the whole roster split, They, I mean, it, it was, I shouldn't say inevitable, but predictable that Vince McMahon would, would not, you know, he would see it as not inconvenient to stick to it. And having the, announce t- the announcers cross over is part of softening it. Now, I don't know that it matters that much. I think they can say, hey, the only thing that the only roster split that is hard and fast is that the vast majority of wrestlers have to stick to one brand or the other. Now, they break that at house shows. They're breaking it with John Cena. They broke it with Undertaker. But 
with the announcers, I, I don't care as much. And I think Renee is good enough at what she does. Now that she's not doing Talking Smack every week, it's probably good to utilize her more. I don't see it as a big deal. If you, if I had my choice, I would have the announcers be exclusive. But it's it's not something that it, that I'm going to make a big deal out of myself. Yeah, I think I think in general, Renee Young is more Renee Young, the better. So I like it in that sense, and I think you can tiptoe around the brand split with the thing about the announcers. What you were saying, um, I, I would like to see her used on SmackDown away from her husband. Um, on the announce team, like I'd like to see her and, and um, Tom do a two man a two man booth. I mean, I'd like to see her. I'd like to see if she can call matches. As she intelligent, wasn't, she wasn't very good. Was she wasn't very good in NXT. I wouldn't say very, I, she wasn't bad, but she wasn't great in NXT when she did that. There was just there's something about her doing interviews in a talk show format that beats her her uh, her commentary. She didn't quite make play by play. She wasn't quite. A, a strong point of view color analyst. I mean, she wasn't bad, but I wouldn't say that that's her calling. I'd put it that way. Well, I, I still I saw a little bit of that. You're not wrong, but um, I still would I still would try to build her into that because you know I mean it's bad enough what they do now, but uh, with the three three man booths and the, and the and the tokens in each booth, but it's um they they ought to be working toward the day if they've got a women's division that a woman is just you know just matter of factly. Calling, calling matches or, or analyzing matches the way the men do. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Did you know we also have a website? PWTorch.com. Daily news updates, editorials, and my live TV coverage covering Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown, and my live pay-per-view coverage for WWE and AEW. Create a tab or bookmark, make it a daily stop, visit us throughout the day every day to keep up on breaking news and more. That's PWTorch.com. VIP members, stay tuned because at the very end of the sign-off, we're going to add about 25 minutes of VIP-exclusive emails. The free show ran so long, we're trying to keep it to a certain length, but uh, Bruce and I got kind of carried away. So VIP members get nearly a half-hour of bonus content talking about Bailey, the brand split, and the Dean-Seth uh, handshake that didn't happen or fist bump that didn't happen. So stay tuned for that. Don't tune out. At the very end of the show, we're tacking that on to the end. Uh, Bruce, thank you very much. We'll wrap up on that note, and thanks to everybody who emailed in some good topics to take us into places we wouldn't have gone without your uh, without your questions and uh, and uh, thoughts on the current scene. So appreciate that very much. Bruce, we'll uh, talk to you this weekend, and we'll go more in-depth on a lot of segments from Raw and SmackDown that we did not talk about this week. We'll do a thorough preview of both NXT TakeOver and SmackDown, and we will also answer mailbag questions, time-permitting, from VIP members who ask uh, current events and some uh, big-picture historical topics for the Bruce Mitchell Audio Show coming up in just a few days. AskBruceMitchell at gmail.com. All right, so tomorrow, Kevin Eck, WWE creative team member for several years. We're going to talk about SummerSlam, past ones, and the one coming up in a week and a half. And uh, then next Friday, Lillian Garcia, my first ever interview with her. She's got a new show here on Podcast One. She's got a new interview with Batista up, so go check that out. And I look forward to talking to her about her time in WWE. That will be posted next Friday. We are here four days a week on Podcast One, but I host about a dozen other shows throughout the week for VIP members. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, go to iTunes, give us a five-star rating, and leave some kind words in the uh, review section to help other people find our show and know if it's for them. And uh, 
Check out, if you missed it this week, Mike McMahon joined me for the SmackDown post show on Wednesday and the uh, show that dropped Tuesday. I was joined by Pat McNeil, and we broke down Raw. We talked to correspondents who were on site in Toronto, both of those shows. It's always fun to talk to people who are in the building and relaying news to us, dark match results, things that happened before the show, after the show, during commercials, giving insight into the fan response. So uh, check those shows out if you miss them. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at the Wade Keller. Follow our brand at PW Torch. Follow our sister brand at MMA Torch. Follow Bruce at Mitchell PW Torch. Once again, big thanks to Torch senior columnist Bruce Mitchell, who I'll talk to in depth this weekend for VIP members. And until tomorrow, Wade Keller thanking you and signing off. All right, so now we're going to go into the VIP bonus section. This is VIP exclusive just for you, VIP members. Thank you for your support. Okay, up next, this comes from, uh, I can't pronounce, M-A-T-Y-A-S, Matias. He says, uh, the Seth and Dean story. By the way, if you have a name that isn't basic, you can give me a phonetic spelling if you want me to get, not butcher it and help me out. What he means is basic for um, Minneapolis or St. Paul, Minnesota. Yes, exactly. Matias. Yeah. Uh, says, Hi, Wade. The Seth and Dean storyline is going better than probably most people expected. My question is, how are they going to finish it? Do you think win or lose against Sheamus and Cesaro at SummerSlam? Biggest party of the summer, trademark. Or are we going to see Dean's heel turn sooner or later? God, I think a Seth heel turns more likely. Or do you think the storyline has gone so unexpectedly well, refreshing a very stale Dean and making an actual face out of Seth that they'll spend some time, maybe until WrestleMania, as a tag team? This is interesting because I thought what Seth did to Dean was, uh, to, to pick up on our theme of the last question, a dickish move. Um, he spends weeks telling Dean, you can trust me, you can trust me, I know you d- you are skeptical, and you should be, I respect you for your skepticism, but come on, I apologize, and I'm sorry, and it's been a long time, and I'm going to do what it takes to build your trust. He finally does, Dean finally breaks down and extends his fist bump to him, and Seth leaves him hanging at the altar. That isn't Dean turning heel. That, I, I don't know where they're going with it, but my interpretation was, what a dick that Seth just was. Dean finally got what he asked for, and now he may, proved that Dean was right all along. That was my interpretation of it. What's yours, Bruce? I'm curious. Um, you have a girlfriend. You go out with your girlfriend, and um, you know, you've had some problems but you're finally getting to the point where you've got her where you think she's going to sleep with you. And you get close, and then she doesn't. You get close, and then she doesn't. Then when she says, yeah, I'll sleep with you, <laughs> you say, I've had enough. And so that's kind of how – I've had enough. I don't want to sleep with you. And that's kind of how I took that. I think this yeah. is all about the payoff moment, and this payoff moment should come before SummerSlam – not during not during SummerSlam or after SummerSlam, it should be that um, that that fa- and here's my question for this, and I've heard fans go, I'm tired of waiting, like they want it. They've done a really good job of making you want to see Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose back together again, and I understand the I want to you know there's got to be a swerve coming, and so is it Dean Ambrose that 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 why you know that that finally Seth Rollins proves he's worthy, and then he stabs him in the back. And I get that. I mean, if you watch wrestling, particularly in the last 25 years, there's too much of that. But what they made people want to want to see is those two back together again. But have they um, 
tried everybody's patience to the, po- the point where they're just like, it was the right time Monday night, and then they didn't do it. Then they went one more – one surprise too many, and now people aren't enthusiastic about it. We'll see. I think that's still there. But I think the key to it is, and I don't know what the, what the answer to this is, but the, the key to it is to really put one of them in jeopardy in a really serious way and make you think that the other one's not going to help them. And then the other one really comes out and helps them. You have that you have that raw raw reunion moment where they're hugging, and then they're turning and going. Cesaro and Sheamus were coming for the titles at SummerSlam. The Shield is back, and you have that. And they have built and built and built to that moment. But it has to be really, you know, it has to be really well done. I also think that they could have done something with someone else comes out besides. Um, you know, maybe, uh, and I'm just using it, I know he's not wrestling right now, but a Zack Ryder type, a couple of Zack Ryder types come out to save Ambrose or to save Rollins while, um, while no, to save Rollins while Dean stays in the back and gets beaten up by um, Sheamus and Cesaro. You can still do that because this whole idea that nobody has any friends on the good guy side, you know, nobody in the back would go, hey, man, that's wrong. I don't know whether Ambrose – it's Ambrose's job to go save him. No, I, no, I'm going out to save him because, just because of right and wrong. I'm going to go stop this. I don't like uh, – it makes me mad. I don't like it, and I'm a wrestler. I have that, um, you know, I have that ability to run down and jump in the ring and stop something. And so you could have some people get beat up and go – and make the – you know, and make the impression – you know, make – give people the impression that the perfect person to make the save is Dean Ambrose. And so I want Dean Ambrose to do it, and, and that's – he won't get beat up, and so, but they've got to have that triumphant moment, and I hope they've got something worth it in mind because they have made people wait a long time to sleep with Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. I mean, wait a minute. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. Don't forget to also subscribe to our Red Logo show, the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, featuring our live post shows, which you can download and listen to on demand at any time, covering Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown throughout the week with rotating guest co-hosts, live callers, and emails, plus on-site correspondents who talk to us right after they leave the building on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights. That's the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. Just search Wade Keller, look for the red logo, and click subscribe. It's free. Did did you think that if the goal is, is there a logical follow-up to this that doesn't make Dean look like a fool and Seth look like a jerk? Yeah, you you raise the danger on one of the you raise the danger on um, Seth Rollins and Dean puts himself on the line. The old deal where you know he dies on the body to take the blow for his friend. They used to do that in wrestling. You know the the, the good guy would dive on top of of the um, guy about to get stomped on from the top rope and take the the le- take the not so lethal blow. Um, to show his friendship, to save his friend, to sacrifice, you know, sacrifice. They, you know, some but, of the, but, the but, how, what things. That's fine as a fault, but what does it explain why Seth walked away from Dean this week? Because he ran out of patience. So then I think what they may do is they want you, they want you to think that they're going to finally fight it out and split, and one of them's going to turn on the other one for real, and then you put them under this pressure, and instead of that, they realize that they're shield brothers and da 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 and gotcha. they, they, they yeah. save the day and then they turn around and go, We're coming for the titles. 
quick question regarding this. Is Seth Rollins better long-term? And I mean over the next five years, if you had to pick in the next few months, he's either going to commit to being a babyface for the next five years or turn heel for the next five years. What gets your vote? Babyface. Okay. He wrestles like a babyface. Needs to work on his promos, but everything else, he has a he has a a good cool look, and he wrestles like a babyface. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, you have to augment his style greatly to be here. All right, um, uh, the other question from Matthias. I'm just going to say it different each time because I'll get it right one of these times. Is it even worth putting the likes of Dolph Ziggler, who's not done anything in a very long time, in NXT as a potential NXT call down? We'll call it. Who would they beat? I think fans would not believe that anyone who could not make it on the main roster would beat the indie stars who are coming in on their way up. Just imagine Nakamura or any indie star coming in hot to NXT only to lose to a main roster jobber relic or reject. And if they are just there to put talent over, they're doing that on the main roster anyway, so why do the call-down? Love the show. Keep up the amazing work. Have a good day. Uh, Bruce, yeah, what do you think of call-downs in general? Taking people who are a little bit lost on the main roster, sending them to NXT, and, and telling that story of redemption or regrouping or copyright Paul Heyman uh, reassessing, <laughs> getting the three the three R alliteration going there. Um, do you like that as an idea? And is it a good use of some talent that maybe is lost on the main roster? Yeah, the only way I like that as an idea is if you have someone who is being used, like Drew McIntyre was being Drew Galloway in three man band, and you just take him out of there quietly, and then you put him in NXT. And you rebuild him from there that doesn't have a ton of exposure because he was so low on the totem pole. But I agree with with and Dolph Ziggler's not at this point in his career. I think Dolph Ziggler's at the point in his career where he's either going to move on to something besides WWE and pro wrestling or he's going to um, stay and just stay the course. But the only way to me is like it would damage NXT if Dolph Ziggler, as good as he is in the ring, who's been shown to be the guy who has good matches and loses, goes down and starts beating the principals who are rising in NXT, that's going to hurt NXT. That's going to hurt the people that they're trying to, to, to build up. Now, if Dolph Ziggler is at a place in his career where he wants to, to tone it down and start teaching and start um, working with people in the ring, I could see him going to NXT and being the veteran who provides what he does on, you know, what he does on SmackDown or Raw, the veteran who provides good action, but really is teaching the people, you know, teaching the young prospects in the ring what to do and putting them over and isn't in the mix for the NXT championship. It's just a veteran hand. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't know that he would, um, I don't know that he would do that, but um, yeah, I don't think that that's a, I don't think that's a place for redemption. I, I, I really, you know, I really don't. I was thinking about this with Bailey. It's like I wouldn't send Bailey back to NXT no. as damaged as she is. I would send Bailey out on a goodwill tour. I might send her out on the house shows and stand her behind a table and have people take pictures with her and let her, you know, hug people for a while until uh, until I thought the coast was clear enough to try again. I don't believe in Bailey being a heel. I think that's ridiculous. But um, I, I think that's a really difficult situation that she's in. But as far as um, yeah yeah, if you go if you've already been there if you've already been there and um, or been in Florida Championship Wrestling, if Seth Rollins for example went back to NXT, it would look like it would be a major come down, and it would just and it wouldn't help whoever he worked with or won or lost with, I don't know if it would help them as far as their, it helped them to work with a guy that's that, 
this that you know polished in the ring in many ways but it wouldn't help them as far as like building their thing because if you look like okay this loser came back it's you know I, I, I my short answer to this is there's 19 ways to get a call down wrong and one way to get it right and they better be very careful because i think it is much more likely to do damage than good but i think the right person with the right timing with the right story told it could end up being a good thing for them uh but it's 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 dangerous for all the reasons that you talked about In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT 8 Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go 8 years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out, exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. Speaking of which, Emma, let's uh, transition here. Uh, all right. Carl B. says, I really love Emma and her character. Now, I challenge Carl to explain her character in, you know. I was about to say, what is her character? Yeah, I know. I, I mean, it's fine. Like, it's, now, yeah. she is wearing sunglasses. Yes. To the ring. So he says. Inside. Inside the, the Coliseums. Yes, Corey Hart. Um, she is underutilized, in my opinion. Do you think WWE should have more than one storyline in the women's division and give other women wrestlers a chance, or maybe they waiting till after the Mae Young Classic? So Emma specifically a little bit, and then also just in general, WWE's reluctance, even though as Triple H says ad nauseum, uh, the women are often the highest rated segments on Raw and SmackDown. Well, then maybe you ought to not have them all standing together, lined up, talking to each other in an awkward way, all involved in the exact same storyline always. Maybe have some separate women's storylines. And I'm going to add a third question to this. We got, em, we got Emma, in general, running more than one woman's storyline. Can you please explain to me, Bruce, what is going on with Tamina and Lana? We gave a stab at Dean and Seth. Uh, we've talked in the past about the, the strange tension, we'll call it, between Fandango and Tyler Breeze. What is going on with Tamina and Lana? There is more sexual tension between Tamina and Lana than there is between Tyler Breeze and Fandango. And that's, and that's saying something. a lot. Yes. Is, yes. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, it is, you know, it is the butch film and the feminine film. And, um, you know, I helped you. Now you're going to help me. And I wasn't thinking when they said that last night about um, – anybody getting championship matches let's say um i i think and and if they're really wanting to play that in a subtle way and and do it and and do a storyline like that i'm for it but i don't know that they can pull that off in a tasteful way and i don't even know if that's what they're trying to do but it, it definitely is how it definitely is how it comes across and, um, you know, I think it's just they want Lana to be an important part of the women's division. But if Lana's an important part of the women's division at the way at, at the rate that she wrestles right now, what do you do? I mean, you know, it can't just be she's great looking and can, you know, and can keep her um, Russian accent going 75 percent of the time. It's got to be, um, you know, it's got to be something more. But, yeah, that's that's what's there as far as um, the women's division. Exactly what you said. They need, just need to do a better job booking the women's division. Yeah. Um, and it's okay and for them not about to all be Italy. in the same storyline. Yeah. And, you know, and, and Charlotte and Lana, Lana getting cheered and um, and even, you know, they kind of have the same, um, you know, they have some of the same characters on 
doing some of the same things on both shows and they're like the uh, same type of characters between Tamina and, and Nia Jax and did I do it right. Yep. You did. Yay. Um, you know, in, in, in certain ways, but they just need to do a better job of if they're, if you're being featured on television, you should have um, in the women's division, you should have a storyline because they don't have just a couple. They don't have any of the women that are kind of designated to just go out there and have the match. And they don't have enough, you know, every woman, there's enough with the time that they give them. They ought to just they ought to have a purpose. And yeah, the, just and, and the purpose shouldn't be standing there and whining about who's going to get the next who's going to be the next number one contender to the male authority figure. Yeah. All right, uh, Brian F. says, any chance the booze for the injured Bailey lead to a change in character, such as Die, Rocky, Die, changing the course of The Rock? Uh, Bruce, you sort of dismissively said, don't turn Bailey heel, but can her character change in a way that she's still a babyface, but fans respect her in, or, or regain some respect for her? And is there, I mean, what, I guess we haven't talked about it. What's your take on the Toronto crowd on Monday booing Bailey the way that they did? Um, we did kind of talk about this. That's on WWE creative. Yeah. That's my take on it. And they have really done some damage to her and it may not be able to, as someone who looked like, um, could bring an, who bring an entirely new segment of an audience to WWE and could sell a different type of merchandise and a different, and really be a phenomenon for young girls and women. Um, and th- that men could respect and, and get into too. And, um, and they just really screwed that all up with the, um, with the, is she really as nice as she says she is? Well, she's really not, but she, uh, she's kind of a, a sap and they really messed that up. And that's what the crowd was reacting to. I, I think she is such a natural baby face and not a heel that it, it's just, re- it's, it's sort of, I'm, I'm trying to think of who, I, I, we'll go back a few years, but Tully Blanchard. Tully Blanchard, when you see him on television, go look on WWE Network if you've never seen Tully Blanchard, one of the four horsemen. Um, he's, he, he just carries heat with him. Johnny Fairplay carries heat with him wherever he goes. Um, but, um, but Tully Blanchard carries heat with him. And when his father tried to make him a, 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 um, you know, a, a white meat baby face, it didn't work. It, the, it, as hard as he was pushed, they wouldn't go for it. When he started acting like himself, he was much better. Bailey's the exact opposite. And so, to me, the real solution to this is not to try to change your character right now. You're just digging the hole even further. And not to try to have her just be Bailey right now either. Is to send her, to get her off of the main television. And like I said, I, I, I would do, um, I would really send her on tour as an ambassador. In other words, go to show, go to house shows with no television. Um, running and no footage running and go hug people and take selfies with them and be nice to them. And, and, you know, maybe even have a basic baby face match on the house show. And I do this for months and then hope that some of the um, stink from that kendo stick match and the rest of this crap that they did with her goes away and then bring her back knowing solidly how to push her as a babyface and use the one thing they have it that they did so well in um NXT you know with with Izzy the super fan do a version of that with girls when she comes back with with young 
girls and um, show them in the crowd and doing that stuff and really, really push and hype that aspect of her character that was so successful in NXT that they never really got going in WWE. And it may not work. They may have blown this. I know. Well, you're you're... very well blown this. Uh, Every Sunday night, catch Wrestling Night in America on PWTorchDailyCast.com, hosted by me, PW Torch columnist Greg Parks. Each week, I'll welcome a co-host from the Torch family to discuss the big shows in pro wrestling, taking your calls and emails. You can listen live most weeks beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. On Sunday nights with a WWE or Impact pay-per-view, we go on the air at the conclusion of that pay-per-view. You can listen live, but of course the full show is available for download on demand anytime shortly after it airs. Visit PWTorchDailyCast.com and click the live stream link to find the next scheduled live show link. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Wrestling Night in America every Sunday, PWTorchDailyCast.com. Tim B. emailed on this topic, and he said, While I admit her character development hasn't been great, something felt wrong to me hearing Bailey get heavily booed while discussing her injury. As much as WWE botched this, was the Toronto crowd kind of, I don't know, going rogue, kind of like, what can we do that's going to upset the apple cart? We're going to just look for excuses to try to go against grain. And, and WWE laid way too much, uh, you know, way too much uh, fertile ground for them to rebel. And that's a very astute point you've made. But is it going a little – I don't want to – I hate to judge a yes, crowd. Like, yeah. you, know what, you know what? It is in this sense. Yeah. The common decency sense, yes, it is. There's the famous story – I've told this on um, – I've told this on, on VIP audio of one of the top heels in Florida, Bobby Shane, um, getting killed in, a, in an airplane accident. Just to tell the story really briefly, he was a major heel that everybody hated. He was really good at what he did. And so the next night, when they came out, he was supposed to be in the main event. And when the ring announcer came out and announced um, that the main event will not go on as planned tonight because Bobby Shane was killed in a plane wreck, and he couldn't get to the end of it, and the crowd stood up and gave it gave a standing ovation. Yeah, yeah. like you can sit there and go, "He's a heel." I would sit there and go, "They're all jerks." Yeah. I mean, that's just way out. If you believe that it's real. Like every single second of wrestling is real, and a lot there were people back then who certainly did. You still don't do that. No. You still don't do that. And so Bailey's injury, which everybody there, I, I didn't think they were having fun because they thought, you know, like booing her or, or going to get script because they thought it wasn't a real injury. Although it did kind of cross my mind, honestly. Um, but she's really injured. And so there's the reality of the situation and also the storyline. But the reality of the situation is she's really injured. And you're up there catcalling someone who got injured for your entertainment, who got injured, how, me too, and it hurts. How do you think and she – like, That she, would piss me off as a person. That's I mean, what I'm like, getting at. How do you think yeah. she handled the booze? I thought she did okay. I mean I don't know. I mean it's, I, I would have like acted – I mean I just – with her, I think she's the best when she's not smooth but she's sincere. And so as far as handling, I don't know where, where you go with that. I don't know what you do. I don't really have an answer for you, Wade, as far as – I just thought it was like – I just thought it like really made me – you know, I, I was mad at WWE Creative for putting her in that situation. We got but also there is that part of just be a decent person. Come on. <laughs> we got a lot – I think people you know, put themselves in the place of you know, 
hope nobody takes this seriously, so we're not going to, and we're just going to be become part of the show. And and as Vince McMahon, you know, I regret saying, you know, every night's a focus group, and it's all about entertaining you. And we want here's a poll: what what stipulation should we add to the match in this raw poll? And and uh, you know, like he just empowered the fans back in the dawn of social media in the late two thousands, and then. Now here in the teens, he can't. He's created this monster, and doesn't know what to do with it. Although the monster's been around for a while, I guess he fed and fed the monster and empowered it more. But we get a lot of emails on Bailey. Here's another one: Piddly Torch VIP member Mark from New York. Hey Wade, congrats on the show. As a person who was in Brooklyn in 2015 for Bailey's crowning achievement in NXT, tonight was a sad moment for me to see Bailey booed like she was tonight. In hindsight, Bailey keeping the title the week after she won it the first time, rather than relinquish it killed her character dad and i made that argument and there was pushback by the way against that from who time. yeah might have been from me it I might have been for you and travis i think people have kind of large oh, some people have largely come around on no this doubt one. that todd martin probably yeah because he thinks all 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 heels should eh, never mind anytime i try to summarize his point of view i mess it up and then he gets mad he's in japan right now i'm gonna be talking to him later today about his uh, experience in Japan, uh, attending the G1 Classic. Sean Radigan, by the way, PW Torch VIP staff member, is doing a great job on PWTorch.com the last two-plus weeks covering the G1 tournament with in-depth reports. He's watched every match, and, I mean, you can't help but get excited reading his description of some of these four, four-and-a-half, five-star matches. Great summaries of the booking, analysis of the booking choices New Japan is making. It's uh, absolutely worth going to PWTorch.com. It is an education. If you're not up on New Japan, but you know that you'd like to be, or you kind of think, how can I dive in and understand it? I use it as a guide. He's real. I mean, he's doing yeoman's work right now. So go to PWTorch.com and and click on Sean's latest G1 Climax report. You can work your way backwards through the whole tournament. If you don't want to read the detailed match rundowns, at least read his analysis and summary of each of the nights. And track how New Japan booked this and how they built it up. It's a, but it is a great guide if you're trying to if you're watching the matches and you want to know context and, and and understand what's happening better. It is it is a great guide for that. So I want to put him over for that. He's doing a uh, VIP audio every weekend or just about every weekend. Uh, I want to get back to Bailey though. Um, he uh, so this is Mark's email. He says um, uh, that he killed a character. Today. Okay, so I didn't think so at the time. So Mark was in that camp that didn't think it was this bad move also. But over time, he says, over the last few months, it's crystallized it for me. He goes, one, rather than being like every other opportunistic two-faced schmuck on WWE TV, she had a chance to be different and stand on moral principle. It was a defining moment for her character story. Two, it was her first opportunity to stand on the moral principles she built her career on in NXT and in the first test of her career, character, abandoned them for the sake of the title. Three, when Bailey gave up the moral high ground, fans were less apt to be sympathetic for her plight, thus taking away her appeal. Four, so when a confident Alexa Bliss picked her apart in promos, Bailey couldn't defend herself because her character had no leg to stand on. Without her righteousness, the innocent childlike quality of her character was more corny and silly than endearing. Which brings us to today. Bailey completely lost as a character with no confidence and half the crowd booing her. I think that's a good summary, Bruce. The only thing I think that's great. I, I agree with every. I agree with all that. It, it logically builds to to the the sad conclusion. Um, the other one I just got a huge kick out of in a very negative way was she was inspired to use the kendo stick and inspired to win 
by that great Wonder 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 Woman movie, and then she lost. Like yeah. that was that was terrible too. No, but that's exact. That's exactly right. Um, she should not. They shouldn't have been testing her character like that. Number one, they shouldn't be telling a story of nobody's really a good person. Thanks, but that doesn't help Bailey. I mean, that's not. That's not. That that story was terrible. And um, and if they test anything, they anytime they test her resolve or principles, she should pass the test with no problem. I mean, that's, that's her character. So, yeah, I, I thought that was really well put. Yeah. Now you can subscribe to our VIP podcast lineup within the Apple Podcast app using your Apple account. That's new as of March 2022. Just search PW Torch in your Apple Podcast app and you'll see the PW Torch Daily Cast logo show up. That's our free show that's been around forever. And also the PW Torch VIP Podcast logo. There is a free show every week. So subscribe even if you don't plan to go VIP and get a sample of our VIP tier programming. But if you click subscribe, then you'll become a VIP member instantly with a three-day free trial after which your Apple account will be charged. So you don't need to take out your credit card, debit card, or go anywhere else. If you listen to our free shows on Apple Podcasts, you are five seconds away from being a VIP member with a three-day free trial. So we invite you to check it out. That includes dozens of VIP shows throughout the week, including VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post shows and podcasts and daily casts. All those episodes are presented to VIP members with ads and plugs removed along with VIP exclusives like our post-pay-per-view roundtables, the Wade Keller Hotline, The Fix with Todd and Wade, everything with Rich and Wade, and many other VIP-exclusive shows. Just search PW Torch within the Apple Podcasts app. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net, along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at pwboom.com. Once again, that's pwboom.com. Factor has been a sponsor of this program for most of this year, and they sent some free meals when they first became a sponsor. Since then, I have become a steady customer. I've come to really value having a factor meal in my refrigerator that's two, three minutes away from lunch or dinner when I'm busy. If I'm preparing to cover raw or I'm in between phone calls, I'm, I'm able to have a great meal that I know is made of good whole food ingredients. It's a ready-to-eat meal delivery kit that's different than a lot of meal services you've heard about because there's no prep. You just pierce a couple holes in the plastic and microwave it for two minutes and you've got your meal. In Factor now offers over 32 meal options per week, including 11 keto options plus a lot of seasonal add-ons. For me, I choose the vegan options, and they're fantastic. And this meal plan is great for people who don't like to cook or don't know how to cook. I like to cook, and I know how to cook, and I still like having these Factor meals available. It makes it easy to eat well for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and everything in between with fresh, never-frozen meals that are so delicious, you won't believe they're actually nutritious. I'm pretty particular about the ingredients of my food. I like whole food. I don't like processed food. I don't like heavy salt. You can tell with Factor, they find every way to make these meals healthy and delicious without sacrificing nutrition. You can feel good all summer with whole food meals expertly portioned to keep you on track toward your goals 
and perfectly satisfied. So you can savor the flavor, but not stress the prep. And I'm not always in town, and Factor makes it really easy to skip a week or two weeks. There's no worry, or as many weeks as you want. You can change your order up every week with plans from 4 to 18 meals per week. So some weeks you might think you're going to be busier than, than others. You can order more Factor meals. Other weeks you're going to be eating out more, not around as much. You can reduce the number of meals to just four. Factor puts in the work so I don't have to. They're registered dietitians and expert chefs work hand in hand to create meals that I feel good about eating every day and sometimes multiple times per day. They also offer cold pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, extra protein, veggie sides, and more to keep me fueled and focused all day long. So go to go.factor75.com slash wade120 to get $120 off your first five boxes. That's go.factor75.com slash wade120. And then enter coupon code wade120. That's wade120. You can also find that URL link in the description of today's podcast. That's go.factor75.com slash wade120. And then enter coupon code wade120. That's Wade120. I fully endorse these meals. They're convenient, easy, whole food, nutritious options. Save on time and eat a variety of delicious meals throughout the week. This plan is for you. That's go.factor75.com slash Wade120. And then enter coupon code Wade120. That's Wade120. One benefit of VIP membership is access to our back issue library. Contemporaneous, in-depth, insider reporting on pro wrestling in real time over the past 30 plus years. And throughout the year 2022, we're gonna begin our march through the year 2002 with back issues posted each week in PDF and all text formats. You can read it in a PDF format with our original magazine slash newsletter style layout on your screen and flip through the pages, or you can read a straightforward all text format on your phone or tablet or laptop. The back issues early in 2002 covered the arrival of Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan to WWE and all the controversy that came with them. Plus my cover story that broke the news on the planned launch by Jerry and Jeff Jarrett of a promotion called TNA. Also, the early 2002 features are 2001 year in review features, including ranking pro wrestling's most influential power brokers and our torch year end awards, the year in quotes, and the top 50 stories ranked in order from the year 2001. So go VIP and dive into our back issues. We have most of our back issues available as soon as you sign up with new back issues week by week from the year 2002, one at a time throughout the year 2022. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. That's pwtorch.com slash go VIP for full information and our sign-up form. It's more than podcasts. It's an unmatched library of wrestling history spanning more than three decades as soon as you sign up with more issues added throughout the year. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out, exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. Hey guys, it's Mike McMahon from the All Elite After Show. Every week, Andrew Socek and I break down AEW on our free PW Torch podcast. 
We've been doing this show since 2016. That's right. We're on our fifth year. When we started the show back then, we were talking just Impact Wrestling, and we still talk about them from time to time as well. And over the years, we've branched out to also discuss MLW, and of course, the main event of our program, which is always the latest going on in AEW. Again, the show is called the All Elite After Show with me, Mike McMahon, and my partner, Andrew Socek. You can check us out as part of the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. You can subscribe to our show and all of the Daily Cast shows just by searching PW Torch on any podcast app. And of course, you can listen ad-free with a PW Torch VIP membership. Wrestling fans, are you that person that works in a pro wrestling reference to every aspect of your life? Well, we're those kind of people too, but we do so with mixed martial arts. I'm Robert Vallejos, host of MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, every Monday on PW Torch's Daily Cast lineup. Not only do we cover every UFC and Bellator event, we provide context that only a wrestling fan would really understand. I mean, we're the type of people that if you ask us about how much of a mess the middleweight title situation is, we're likely to reference WCW in the early 90s. Think of us as a podcast for casual MMA fans done by hardcore wrestling nerds. And you can find us by searching PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or any popular podcast app. And we're always available on demand at PWTorchDailyCast.com where you can check out the entire lineup of the PW Torch Daily Cast. I'm Rich Fan, host of The Deep Dive with Rich Fan, a weekly part of the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup of shows. Search PW Torch and Apple Podcasts or your podcast apps to subscribe. Every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern, I dive in with a guest for an hour on anything in the world of wrestling or wrestling related. Want to hear about the influence of historical figures like Big Cat or Ernie Ladd? We gotcha. Want to hear about how crazy the Marine movies got? We are on it. No topic is too big or too small. So if you want to dive in with us, call in live or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Give yourself a reason to look forward to going to the mailbox each week with a PW Torch newsletter paper copy subscription. Details at pwtorch.com slash paper copy. It's 12 pages every week packed with my TV reports along with exclusive features such as my cover story on the top story of the week, our pay-per-view roundtable reviews from the Torch staff, exclusive feature-length columns from Greg Parks, Rich Fan, Sean Radikin, Alan Cunahan, and Zach Hadorn, Torch Talk transcripts, the latest news, and more. PWTorch.com slash paper copy. Take a break from screen time and settle in every week with a mega dose of wrestling news and analysis with a Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter paper copy edition in the year 2022. You can get a full year of home delivery for just $99. Or try us for an eight-week trial subscription. PWTorch.com slash paper copy. We invite you to email the show with feedback or questions or comments. That email address is wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. 
That's wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. Also, welcome your feedback on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at pwtorch and follow me at the Wade Keller. That's at pwtorch and at the Wade Keller. A lot of you listen to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows who haven't watched the TV show we're talking about. A good way to catch up on what happened on the TV show is with my VIP-exclusive Wade Keller hotlines that follow Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. In fact, as soon as I wrap up recording the post shows with live callers and my co-hosts and our on-site correspondents, I send that off to the producer, and then I record the Wade Keller hotline, running down Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown start to finish. And it's not only a full rundown, a thorough rundown of what happened on the TV show, but also my analysis of the key segments and matches throughout the show, including opinions that I don't express on the post-show. So, as a VIP member, you can listen to that hotline first, which runs 20 to 40 minutes, and then jump into the post-show with full knowledge of what happened on the TV show. That's just one benefit of being a VIP member. Another benefit is when you listen to the post-show, the ads and plugs will be removed. So change up the way that you listen to our coverage of Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown by starting with a VIP Wade Keller hotline and then flowing into the Wade Keller post-shows throughout the week. Go VIP! pwtorch.com slash go VIP. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. Rates start at $9.99 a month or get a full year for just $99. You can also get the Wade Keller Hotline through our Patreon tier. That's just $6.99 a month. Details on that are at patreon.com slash pwtorch VIP.